0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: Welcome to Perfect 10 Wrestling. My name is Matt Mayer, a.k.a. Implications, columnist of the Imps Adventure series on LawsOfPain.net and your Perfect 10 Wrestling host right here on Lords of Pain Radio. And a Merry Christmas, a late Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, because by the time I'm on next week it'll be the New Year's. Uh, uh, next week I'll also be doing a recorded show with Sir uh, Sam, which is going to be a pre-show to the uh, Wrestle Kingdom wanted to get that out there to say, because I'm live on January 3rd, which is obviously 24 hours before January 4th, so I thought, well, if I'm going to do a pre-show, I can't be doing it on the day, because then it'll be up for, like, less than half a day till the thing actually starts. So, pre-recording a pre-show with Sir Sam, which I'll hopefully set it up to be out as early as possible. So it'll be out on the day before January 4th, like, as early as possible for, like, a proper preview to get you really hyped for the show. Uh, But before we get to that, we've got this week's show the perfect 10 WWE end of year award 2018 with myself and burn and i'm going to put a caveat next to hopefully burn <laughs> because he's uh, running late so he he lives in the pacific so for him it's only 5 p.m. <laughs> as in i don't i don't know how we did it but when we were la- used to be live like a couple of years ago together we like we'd be cutting it close every time. So, like he'd get back from work and off we pop <laughs> so yeah, I'm stuck in a situation waiting for Burn to arrive for this live show. We're going to crack on before he gets here. Um, so with the awards, uh, I've done the Network Awards, so there won't be any NXT or any 205 Live Awards. It'll just be the main roster going over all of the highs and all of the horrific lows. <laughs> there were so many lows. <laughs> this year was something special when it comes to lows. Oh, my God. But still, it is a interesting time for WWE with the whole Vince McMahon uh, Vince McMahon, just the McMahons in general were coming out on Monday Night Raw and doing their whole sh- spiel about change and everything and I'm just watching it, it's, it's just it's like words, no I saw try that again, actions speak louder than words, that's not, you can't say words speak louder than action. that's not right, but yes actions speak louder than words and that's the whole thing I got from their thing, but 2019 could be either very interesting or very disappointing See, that's the risk they've played. <laughs> this has nothing to do with awards. <laughs> I'm just kind of riff a bit. But that's the kind of thing with saying that sort of thing. <laughs> just the whole, oh, we've been shit, but trust us, we're going to start listening, we're not going to be shit anymore. With that caveat of, if you then don't actively improve, you've shot yourself in the foot and you're arguably, like, there's no, what are you going to do next time? You've played that card. <laughs> what is there left? Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to 2019. Just in that thing of, well, is it going to be good? Or is it going to be shit? <laughs> because I've this myself in WWE. I'm not as invested. I don't get as annoyed when things go wrong because I'm doing other things. I'm spending, like, my entire week. <laughs> just, I've purposely tried to pull away last Sunday. But I've been researching Hiroshi Tanahashi, and that man has become my life. <laughs> New Japan World has become my home these this uh, holiday season. So that's all I've been doing. So I'm... That like i'm living in a not wwe world at the moment like i'm I'm in japan <laughs> just, i even downloaded a uh, hiragana animals sheet <laughs> i'm making an effort <laughs> that's right yeah oh uh, uh, I mean, yeah i've not learned anything but the chart is there <laughs> uh, so anyway we're going to crack on with the awards uh soon i am kind of killing five minutes just to see if <laughs> burn will arrive Probably shouldn't have said that out loud, but I'm 30 seconds away from doing it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anyway, I'll just finish my intro. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Cat, And, of course, this is the WWE Awards main roster stuff. But I've about already said there's no, no network stuff. Uh, the, I am going to bring up NXT, but that will be to do with call-ups. So like who were the best call-ups, who are the most disappointing. Uh, there is a special Burn Award, which obviously will only be given if you're able to make it. So, that's the situation. Anyway... Shall we crack on with some awards? I've got quite a few. So there are. I've done a whole huge document. <laughs> I thought. I, I thought I'd quickly just bash out my nominees, and like three pages later, <laughs> I suddenly got everything. Uh, See, so yeah, there's a few. So there's a few interesting things coming out where I have had to do a controversy of the year award, where before I've just done like worst segment or worst thing i guess and i've been able to put everything together which i've been able to do in the past this year worst talky bit as i call it not worst segment no, worst talky bit <laughs> the one. But yeah so worst talky bit is the one that i'm uh had to split and that split into the controversial award as well <laughs> so that's where you're going to find the more heavy hitting stuff is in the controvert controversy of the year and just, at the end he said it wrong the controversy <laughs> i american the uh, yeah the controversy of the year is the heavy hitting stuff and the talky bit of the year i've tried to keep to specifically talky bollocks <laughs> like seven months' away, it was people talking essentially so like for example i really came close to including randy orton however randy orton i think wasn't technically a talky bit so i don't really know what I'm gonna yeah, so I've put him as an honourable mention, so that's a kinda of thing as well. Yeah, also for I've done a return of the year as well, but I'm mean excluding coming back from a injury of thought. I mean like a proper return. Um obviously there's only one injury which will be on that list and that was for multiple years. <laughs> so no Dean Ambrose getting awards, no Jeff Hardy getting awards, no Samoa Joe, nobody else who got a little uh, like Nick <laughs> and the word back for a little while. Just yeah. So anyway, going to bash on with the awards. Burn's not here! Let's <laughs> keep going. So, first award, play it low-key and then kind of big uh, it up again. We'll do the best NXT call-up because that list is short as hell. Therefore, <laughs> well, it's really easy to kind of blast through. The best NXT call-up, I'm not... I wanted to just list the call-ups and pick between them. However, it kind of made so much sense to not do that <laughs> because... Yeah, the the worst category is kind of one that sticks out because they've been so flat. The call ups have just fallen flat to me. It's no, uh, it's just been the majority of them called up and forgotten about. And it kind of brings to mind that thing that I think Triple H was saying that no wrestlers from NXT would be called up without a six month plan being put in place beforehand. And watching this year, yeah, that was bollocks. <laughs> There's no way that statement is true. You're telling me that this was the plan for CNL mass. <laughs> like really? Like um apparently the plan for Sanity was that they were going to be doing a tag team Money in the Bank letter match. So Sanity were caught up in part of that. Um apparently that was also something to do with AOP as well. And then that got scrapped. So AOP I don't know what happened to them, they vanished off television. Sanity never debuted <laughs> for like a full month after the show. So yeah. <laughs> so Sanity lost in the winter. They're not gonna be the eight best NXT call up. Uh, Iconics, they've also come up, they seem to be in a good position, and then straight to comedy jokers. No Way Jose, he's the one that everybody forgets got called up. (laughs) So, this is that sudden realisation that, oh yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, I completely forgot about that. (laughs) So, yes, No Way Jose, the surprise call-up this year. But, with the best best NXT call-ups, For me, it's between two people, and that is it. No one else deserves to be on the list. So, Drew McIntyre going to Monday Night Raw, and Buddy Murphy going to 205 Live. So, both have gone to their respective shows and kicked ass, (laughs) become a really important figure. Both have have been, like, talked about being in the title scene. One actually got into the title scene in Buddy Murphy. The other one, Drew McIntyre, has been suspect to... Monday Night Raw creative, <laughs> whatever. Like, as soon as you hear about Drew McIntyre possibly getting into that main event spot, suddenly he'll be losing to Finn Balor and then he's just like, oh, apparently the souring on in again will be the report coming out the week after. It's <laughs> just like, oh, make up your mind. <laughs> just Pick somebody and do a plan. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, but even though like Monday Night Raw has had, it's really hard to judge stuff to do with Monday Night Raw, particularly because this last month, that's just been all over the place and they've essentially hit the reset button so it's really difficult to tell like what the like the, what order everybody is on the ladder just because they've hit the reset button so my what well, really is to do with the rest of the year both of these guys kicked ass both McIntyre and Murphy it was a hell of a year for both of them however I'm going to give it to Drew McIntyre purely because not only did they make an amazing impact and he was having great matches while teaming with Dolph Ziggler and he suddenly felt like, but within half a year, he felt like a guy that who, who could you know, be in that main event scene. And that's exactly what we've seen uh, so far this, uh, like this kind of end part of the year. I guess. Like it's been all over the place. As I said, we've seen reports of uh, creative maybe calling on, I think creative Vince maybe calling on him and then getting warm to him again. But the fact he's in that discussion tells you he's made an impact. So for me, it's not even in doubt that it's going to be Drew McIntyre for the best NXT call-up. But Buddy Murphy's just strong honorable mention. Don't really, I don't really. He's not done anything wrong. He's, he was up there for two or five live match of the year. I think I might have even given it to him. He was by far the best match he had with Mustafa Ali back in June. Incredible match. But uh, Drew McIntyre, easily the best NXT call-up. So might as well, as I've started talking about it already, the worst. Slash most wasted NXT call up of the year. So <laughs> it's difficult because there's been it's two different ends of the spectrum. There's been really impressive but never used until these last uh, like two weeks <laughs> for somebody in particular, or they were just crap and you forgot about them. So I've got yeah I guess two. I want to pick all of them. There's <laughs> different reasons. Like everyone has been let down. However, no way Jose made the lowest impact. Sanity, they're in a really weird spot where it feels like they should be making an impact, but they've not been given any opportunity to. (laughs) That's a really weird one. Sian Almas seems to have taken every single opportunity given. Still, nobody cares. (laughs) Authors of Pain, I don't really know. They've, They've literally become AOPP. That is literally their gimmick and i don't understand why they've done that <laughs> so weird uh yeah the, all the mystique that they had in nxt just literally flushed away but uh i before i went live i picked sanity for this but i think i'm switching <laughs> again this is was why i was talking about where i wanted to give it to all of them for different reasons my reasoning for sanity was that they like they had this Certain aura buttons like that do with Chaos and everything, they could really shake up SmackDown and give it a different kind of feel. However, then they just weren't used and I don't really know whether to call them the worst because they, for me, are they're not the most wasted because Cien is. <laughs> However, I want to give it to Noah Jose. He's the winner. purely because he's made no impact. <laughs> he came up and was just a dud. They gave him the Adam Rose Rosebuds and he was dancing around and for me that was like He doesn't need them. He's such a charismatic guy. He can make you want to dance all by himself. (laughs) He doesn't need 20 people following him. Uh, But yeah, he made no impact. And when he was on a match on television, Jinder Mahal, (laughs) we'll get to that one later. But yeah, it was just like, eh, who gives a shit? (laughs) just like I completely forgot he existed. Which is not the, no, it's not the greatest (laughs) when that happens. Uh, And that's, that's the MST Awards. That's everything done there. So, Jim McIntyre, best call up, and No Jose, the worst or most wasted or least impactful, just a wet sock. <laughs> I don't know why that was the vision I went for. Ah. Right, next up, Tag Team of the Year. We're going through the low key ones. I get low key ones just in case Burn does come back. I'll call it till half past. <laughs> if he's not here by half past, I'm hitting the big ones. Right. Tag Team of the Year. The New Day from SmackDown. The Usos from SmackDown. The Bar from SmackDown. Or McIntyre and Ziggler. So there were others that I kind of felt like maybe putting on, but they just weren't active long enough, really, to make their claim. So that would be Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan. I was really enjoying their stuff, especially towards the end. Just, like just as Jason Jordan got injured, suddenly everything was clicking and it was making sense and it was a really good feud. But it was like, yeah, it just died. Uh, apparently it was a really, they, they'd they come up with something to lead to WrestleMania and all the sides did seem to be pointing that way. And I was getting quite excited for it. I thought it'd be quite an interesting story going on there. But, but yeah, we never, we'll never we never know what would ever have become of it. But again, I'll give them an honourable mention because I was enjoying their stuff just as Jason Jordan got injured. And another one that well wins would be Dean Ambrose. Like their match with McIntyre and Ziggler at Hell in a Cell was bloody damn... Brilliant. (laughs) But, again, they were only together for a month or two, so I don't really feel like I can put them on that list. And, yes, McIntyre and Ziggler have already broken up after debuting in May or April, whenever it was, but they had a a dominant run for at least half a year before doing so. So at least I feel perfectly fine to (laughs) put them on that list. So, New Day, The Usos, The Bar, or McIntyre and Ziggler. And I've gone with... The New Day. Oh. <laughs> so that is one way. It could have easily gone to New Day, the at or the bar, because it's been pretty much for the last... Like, since WrestleMania, or since the... the bar weren't there immediately, but then when they kind of properly got into the flow of uh, SmackDown, it's been those three constantly, non-stop. Or they, it's been, those are the three teams that are uh, just rotating between each other. It's, because they're all really good teams, but fatigue does start to settle in a bit. And like Gallows and Anderson, they seem to be making a claim and appearing on down two weeks in a row. My God, they've equaled their year record <laughs> in two weeks. So, so those may be on the list next year. And they would have helped to add some kind of different feeling. They, they called up Sanity and never used them. <laughs> I think they used them once on like a show. Uh that would have helped. But no, yeah, for me, uh, New Day, I just really... For some people I know that, but they sailed on Nudo. Whilst I still find them stupidly entertaining. <laughs> just every week they just they just inject us an insane amount of fun. Every single week, uh, the Usos hit an amazing kind of quality streak in 2017, and it kind of led into 2018. But there was one big damp squid that kind of just flattened everything really quickly. And in the Bludgeon Brothers, that whilst the Bar were doing great work on Monday Night Raw. Uh, New Day and the Usos were doing great work on SmackDown, and then the Bludgeon Brothers did that squash match at WrestleMania, and it took quite a while for them. Well, really, it took until the Bludgeon Brothers lost the title because of uh, Eric Rome getting injured. It took that to happen for the tag scene to be brought back to life, and we're already sick of it. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah, Not forget, yeah, we say New Day to Usos in the barfield like have been wrestling each other forever. Again, the Bludgeon Brothers held the titles for a few months, <laughs> so, and the bar didn't really turn up until after that. <laughs> so it's only been the second half of the year, which tells you how often things get repeated on uh, WWE television. Well, it's only been the second half of the year they've been doing it, but it must be every single week for the second half of the year. Oh. So really, it really could have been any of those three, but I've given it to New Day because I would really enjoy them consistently <laughs> every single week. <laughs> Uh, but we, you know, for the other two they rely more on their matches uh, this because, because New Day are so full of charisma like they don't have to wrestle the users could do the same but they're not really given that opportunity they wrestle more when they're on television if, if they're in the ring they're going to wrestle compared to New Day where that's not guaranteed <laughs> they're charismatic enough uh, but if the other two, but the other two uh, yeah whenever they have had those moments where they've had to speak it's been brilliant aside from the big show I don't get the big <laughs> show, maybe I'll come back to that later, but yeah, so that is that one I'm getting close <laughs> to having two big ones, but not quite yet. I've got a couple more I can burn through, no pun intended. The unsung hero of the year, so the guy who put in a good shift, but like not very likely to be on anybody's wrestler of the year list, so like the good worker, the strong hand, the sip of teeth, my throat Mm. it's a cold december night i'm allowed to take breaks to sip tea yeah so uh this list this was actually longer than i thought when i started to think about it um so i will say monday night raw again has made this really difficult <laughs> just because there's there's no booking consistency so you, no, you don't really, it's really hard to figure out who's putting in that kind of solid work when they don't get really any time to do character work if they do get character work it will contradict the week next week so that's why somebody like such a banks or natalia on on this list i did have natalia on it and then i looked at the others and thought oh, but i just don't feel like <laughs> she's up there for essentially the uh, person that you you really you really want to give respect for their work but, you know, nobody else really is going to. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, yeah, that person's my boy. <laughs> yeah. And tally for me, just felt a bit short of that. So my list for put for, for, uh, fellas who were, whenever called upon, put on some great stuff. However, they won't be on people's end of the year. Uh, wrestler of the year, end of year lists. <laughs> I forgot the word. It's Wrestler of the year, not wrestler of the end of the year. <laughs> uh, so the Viper, Randy Orton, Samoa Joe, Dolph Ziggler, Rusev, Shinsuke Nakamura, R-Truth, <laughs> Sami Zayn, and Andrade Cien-Elmas. Like, some of those are going to need some explanation. <laughs> so, okay, these are my lists as well. Don't forget that. So, maybe that's why Bernard turned up. <laughs> He's on my lists. <laughs> I was like, oh dear. All right, so, Randy Orton, I'm assuming I don't need to explain that, nor Samoa Joe. I would hope not for Dolph Ziggler as well. It's more because of his whole year's body of work. It just... For me, yeah, <laughs> he stepped it up, especially with uh, Drew McIntyre. Those two together really up, uh, put that quality level up, and it's not his fault he got paired with Seth Rollins consistently. Like, that's what I'm on about with him, like Raw making it difficult, <laughs> just because it feels like Dolph shouldn't be on this list, but that's because we've seen him wrestle with Seth Rollins so many times. If I see it one more time. Like, I'm skipping it, because I live in the UK, I don't watch live. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm winding, because I've seen it so many times, I'm done. But that doesn't change the fact that he has put in a really good, strong body of work this year. Uh, next up, Rusev. Um, he just won the United States Championship, but that's not really the reason he's on this list. Uh, so it's the fact that Rusev Day was so over <laughs> for the first half of this year... And they've literally just, like, on the final show of the year, capitalised on his popularity after seemingly spending the rest of 2018 trying to kill it dead. <laughs> so, like, alright then. <laughs> it was like, I guess this is them, again, showing that they're listening to us. Fine, it's odd. But Rusev Day was so over that he got put into the Fatal 4-Way for the United States Championship at WrestleMania. Like, Rusev Day did that. <laughs> he got so over, they felt like they had no choice. Which is that's quite an accomplishment. But then after, whatever came after that for the rest of the year, eh, not exactly but that great. And the breaking up of the Rusev Day tag team, there wasn't really any point to it. There was just a, a blow-off on a random episode of SmackDown after the whole one night in Milwaukee thing. Uh, and even during that, both guys were getting reactions. But it felt like the material they were given was low down the order of th- importance. <laughs> it was quite far down. You just got that impression watching it. But it's like, what was the point in that? However, Rusev has won, has won the United States Championship, so maybe he's going to get a bit more of a focus on him, a bit more of a spotlight now as champion. But that leads me to the next guy on this list, who was Shinsuke Nakamura. So I think, his this is me personally, I believe his body of work deserves a mention, but he's never going to make anybody's like lists, especially because of his second half of the year. And because of how the AJ Styles feud just didn't live up to what people were expecting. So it was, it's hard. So for me, like the explanation I'm doing for the second half of the year was he was doing the best he could with the, at first he was doing the best he could with F booking. So that would be the AJ Styles feud. And then after that, he did his best with pretty much no booking. Like the NAC America thing. I don't even know if that started on Smackdown or if that was a thing on social media that then bled in. <laughs> but I did, Oh, one important piece of information. In terms of nominations and things, I didn't watch from like, mid-May to so- August. <laughs> so I've got like a three-month gap. <laughs> so if something happened of importance in that gap, I, it's not on my list. <laughs> but I've got like, a few um, like pay-per-view matches are in there. But, like, in terms of SmackDown, yeah, it's there. Yeah. <laughs> if it happened in June or July for definite, it's not on here. But I think so. the NAC America thing was... I liked it, but it never it never seemed to get featured on television. And he just cut a backstage promo, and that was the most he would get. Uh, in terms of, like, his pay-per-view matches, like I really enjoyed his stuff with Jeff Hardy, but he was a background thing in the figure of Vandy Orton versus Jeff Hardy, which, admittedly led to a really good match but still Nakamura America got left in the background and like <laughs> I've seen criticism of Nakamura but he was never given anything to do he was a champion of a division that didn't exist what was he to do with that <laughs> so I don't for me personally I feel like he's an unsung hero purely because he, the feud with AJ Styles did get better and better and better but the Hit, like, hitting in, hit him in the bollocks thing like, like, there's not much he can do like, if something like that comes from creative not really much he can do <laughs> like, like, I feel like he put in a good shift so I thought he was that like, R-Truth somehow over the course of 2018 R-Truth has gone from nothing, he turns up in the Battle Royal to no reaction whatsoever to getting a, he genuinely over again <laughs> because he walks out and dances with Carmella but and he's done the little comedy things throughout the year. And weirdly enough, our truth is, he's over again. <laughs> how has this happened? <laughs> the man's in his 50s. Or like, I don't know, how far into his 50s as he is now. I've not kept track. <laughs> I don't keep track of our truth's age. I just know he's in his 50s. But to get that over again, <laughs> how? <laughs> My assumption was it was because of the Mae Young Classic. And then more and more injuries happened. So they had to keep featuring in the Mayon Young Classic. I don't know if they've got to deal with Facebook <laughs> where to at least put effort into it. <laughs> I mean? uh, and then they did the whole thing with the winner getting the number 30 spot um, at the Royal Rumble. And the match was what, Mahal and, and Fox versus Arthur truth and Gomer. It's just like, oh, well, this is what happens when you book, book a long tournament and you've got to do your tours and stuff and everybody gets injured. It's <laughs> so like the only two left fit. That wasn't true, because I think Rusev and Lana were fit and, and uh, maybe the U- Uso and Naomi, maybe they were fit as well. But still, yeah, <laughs> for me, R-Truth for somehow getting over when he was dead at the start of the year, in terms of momentum, like his momentum was d- dead. <laughs> there was nothing. <laughs> he was just there at the start of 2018. And by the end of it, he's getting genuine reactions and people are excited to dance with him and his day skits have really helped with that, <laughs> the comedic nature of them. He's back into wacky R-Truth phase where you're waiting to see what he'll do next. <laughs> just a stupid thing to make you laugh. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really what it's really odd. How has our truth gotten over again? Ah, uh, uh, next up, Sami Zayn. Purely because over and over again, it really felt like Sami Zayn was doing his best to turn utter shy into gold. It's just felt like the stuff with uh, Kevin uh, when he was teaming with Kevin Owens up against Shane McMahon and a uh, Daniel Bryan, that kind of thing. It was odd when they were facing AJ Styles. It was really odd, and then it. Like Yeah, then it got even odder at Fastlane. And then by the by after Fastlane, when Danny Byrne was suddenly allowed to compete, it all fell kind of into place narratively. But that doesn't change the fact that for months, if not Kevin Owens's almost entire run, uh, really after SummerSlam in 2017, Kevin Owens' entire thing was to do with the McMahons. And it was, it, just, it was just something off about it. <laughs> it hit a peak at Hell in a Cell... And then the whole 7th day thing was a really, like, it ejected even more energy. And it was really huge excitement. And then it just, like, just, after that, it was just weird. Of course, SmackDown at the time was not in a great state because of the whole Jinder Mahal title run. And the, that was when attendance was dipped. <laughs> it was, like, interestingly, when Jinder Mahal came champion, like, we here at Laws of Pain, we just saw all the numbers. Just, like, everyone just went, nope, done. <laughs> it's it. It's really interesting how one decision just went, like the attendances went down, wrestling site visits went down, <laughs> just column views. <laughs> it's just insane. <laughs> like, what happened? <laughs> one fucking decision did all of that. <laughs> so, thanks, Jinder. We thank you here from lots of paint. <laughs> just, it's for really it's the amazing fact that you were able to do that by yourself. Yeah. Anyway, so... Uh, so Sami Zayn, my point was Sami Zayn. So yeah, really for 2018, it was like Sami Zayn was given crap to try and work with, and that hit an absolute peak just as he got injured, and his injury saved everything. <laughs> so for right, my Money the Bank, he was meant to face Bobby Lashley. Uh, this is the episode I stopped on. Uh, you will know that if you listen to me throughout the year. I've brought it up way too many times, but uh, yeah, Sami Zayn, Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley's sisters, so brilliant that I stopped watching for three months. And then Sami Zayn got injured so the match never happened. Or well, they had a match first, but it was meant to continue and he got injured so he couldn't continue. Whatever it was, it was like a blessing for Sami Zayn. And actually for Bobby Lashley, because like, they figured out he wasn't getting over the face and slowly over time he became a heel and the whole Leo Rush thing has really helped him. The butt thing, it feels like a thing that makes Vince McMahon laugh, <laughs> but everybody over the a of a certain over a certain age. Maybe everybody with double digits in that age. <laughs> it's kinda of like, mm, it's odd. Yeah. <laughs> but still, Tommy Zain, he did his best to turn shit into gold. And I appreciate him for that, unsung hero. And finally, Cien Elmas. When he- whenever he was actually booked to wrestle, he was great. Like he's not had a bad match as far as I know. <laughs> on SmackDown the issue has been he's just not had matches <laughs> so like he had a fantastic match against Rey Mysterio but like nothing came of it I was like, uh, he, had de- he had decent squash matches that got his kind of wrestling style over but he was just never featured right, he had a match with AJ Styles which again it was a very good match but it led to nothing because he wasn't featured the next week and then then uh, Zelina Vega started to get into wrestling matches against Lana to build up the like pre-show at SummerSlam I think it was like Rusev and Lana versus Cien and Vega. And that was, until this month, that was Cien's highlight. was the pre-show <laughs> of Lamb teaming with Vega against Lana and Rusev. Like, that was his highlight, and they didn't give him anything to work with. Hmm. But whenever he was called upon, he was brilliant. And these past uh, couple of weeks, I don't know if I'm getting mixed up. Because Christmas throws Christmas everything <laughs> out of whack. Uh, I've currently got my... I'm wearing a hoodie, and I've got my hood up because I'm kind of, like, energy drained because Christmas has thrown everything <laughs> all over the place. So much food in my house. Uh, but still, uh, yeah, so uh, talking about CNL Mass. So he has had his at least two matches in a row. My God. <laughs> so the tag match in which he was in the main event, which kind of felt like them going, look, we're listening. That was their thing for SmackDown. And then this week he had another match as well. So, again, hitting home that impression of, oh, look, we're listening, guys. Oh, so, CN in featured matches. Good on you, buddy. <laughs> Being featured for a happy 2019. Except for the fact there's loads of reports coming out of these unhappy, which, yeah, do <laughs> doy. So, I spent a little bit more time <laughs> than I was planning to on this one. So, the Unsung Hero of the Year. So, they're putting a good shift, but they won't be on anyone's list. Randy Orton, Samoa Joe, Dolph Ziggler, Rusev, Shinsuke Nakamura, R-Truth, Sami Zayn, and C.N. Alamas. I don't know. I want to give it to Orton. But I also want to give it to R-Truth for completely different reasons. (laughs) So, I'm going to give it to Orton. (laughs) I'm going to give it to Orton. I was about to give it to (laughs) R-Truth. No one's going to sing the faces of R-Truth, but he deserves them (laughs) this year. Like how has he got over again? <laughs> it's, it's like just as you think he's like soon to be retiring, so, like that's the feeling I got in 2018 at the uh, sorry at WrestleMania 2018. It was just that feeling of yeah, he's he's had his great moments, but now he's been he's been in WWE for either a decade or just over a decade, and he's he's had some fantastic moments, and now he's kind of there as a veteran wrestler, but he's not really featured that much. And then the second half of the year happened. And our truth is now over. (laughs) So, expect a big Royal Rumble moment for him. Be it him not making it to the ring, or be it him actually entering number 30 and causing some hijinks. I'm actually quite nervous about the Royal Rumble. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it's really odd. I don't know why I'm so nervous. I just get the impression, watching One Night Raw, I'm getting the impression that they are going to be getting a kind of, they're going to think that Monday Night Raw needs the boost. So Monday Night Raw is going to be getting that win. So that is my theory. However, I'm not really sure how they're going to do it. if it's going to impact? But I'm nervous for the Rumble purely because, oh, Archie oh, is number 30, and I'm expecting some kind of weird booking thing to get a Monday Night Raw guy to win. I don't know who it's going to be. have set up WrestleMania. There's a talk be Seth Rollins, but... His, whole, his feud with Dean Ambrose is falling flat with a lot of people, but will they just pick their story and go ahead with it? I think I prefer that to be fair. Even if that area of the story isn't working, I can still make the like main arc work with Seth Rollins becoming, like, becoming the guy and like more, as he was built to do throughout 2018. Like, they built him up perfectly to win the Rumble this 2019. It, it makes a lot of sense for that to happen, <laughs> but we have to wait and see. Yeah. So yes, I'm nervous for the rumble. I nearly picked half-truth. But I'm winding back. Randy Orton is my actual winner. <laughs> yeah, between Orton and truth, for completely different reasons. but going with Orton, purely like the whole screwdriver. His feud with Jeff Hardy was brilliant. His feud with Rey Mysterio has found him really intrig- intriguing. Actually, really, that's how I would describe his character overall, it's just really intriguing, and little. it's little kind of elements that added, added week after week to either him or his arc with whoever he's feuding. Like, it's like, he's finally figured out how to pace his feuds along with his wrestling style. Like everything fits and it all makes sense. And the kind of violent nature that he's showing as well is like, it's just everything clicks. And it's, he feels like a veteran wrestler as well. He doesn't feel like a guy phoning it in. Like, I got that impression in 2017 when he was a babyface. It's just that feeling of something was missing. Was just, uh, a, but this year, that's definitely not been missing. <laughs> My God, that man has had a. Really good year. So that brings me to the next award, the return of the year. So this is my lower end of importance. I'll be building it up slowly as I go through these. But the return of the year, as I noted earlier, no kind of like injuries that were a relatively short in comparison to others. Time. So no Dean Ambrose, no Jeff Hardy, no Joe. And others, there were others I've forgotten, like Alexa Bliss. But she's not returned. I don't know why there's no point me saying that. <laughs> so the return of the year. Kane. Uh, that's kind of a jokey one. <laughs> he, he came back not just for the crowd jewel but for another reason. Uh, Twist Stratus, Lita, both coming back for Evolution, and they were both in the Royal Rumble as well. Uh, They're featured because they had actual matches, not just on Evolution, but on Raw as well. So I thought, yeah, that's good enough. Rey Mysterio in the Rumble then returned fully later on. Daniel Bryan. Uh, obviously, he's on this list because of the Team Hell No reunion, <laughs> of course. Uh, and the other thing that led to the amazing Hilton and, and great uh, <laughs> World Title run. Uh, Lee Lashley. <laughs> That's how I've written it, Lee Lashley. I just want to say it that way. Uh, Shawn Michaels. Uh, <laughs> he returned. It was a big thing. I'll put him on. Uh, and the one I keep forgetting about, uh, Chris Jericho, who returned for Raw 25 and the Greatest Royal Rumble before the very next month going back to New Japan and winning their IWGP Intercontinental Championship. And he's still that champion now. (laughs) It just... I keep forgetting. Oh, yeah. Not only was he... He appeared at Wrestle Kingdom. Then the same month he appeared at World 25. And later in the year, he was in the Greatest Royal Rumble and then won the IWGP Championship a month later. (laughs) So it's just... Oh, Chris Jericho, you... You've had a very interesting year. (laughs) Yeah. So, Kane Tristratus, Lita Rey Mysterio, Daniel Bryan, Bubbly Lashley, Sean Michaels, Orcus Jericho. There is only one choice. And there's a few on here where it's like they returned and they made some form of impact. And I, I wanted to include people who returned and didn't just make like a positive impact, <laughs> like a, a bit of a negative one as well. Just realise I've not included the Bellas. <laughs> just put them on the honourable mentions. But the winner is, of course, Daniel Bryan. But like there's no. That's why I felt fine to do this one first of the bigger end awards, but yeah, Daniel Bryan without question, such a feel, such a fantastic feel good moment all the way back leading into WrestleMania, and it was huge that he it was this, of course it was the same arena as well where WrestleMania 30 took place and got to go out and do the yes chance all over again, in an awesome feel good moment. The match I thought was booked a bit odd to have him out of it for so long. But still, it, it hit that feel-good uh, feeling by... Feel-good feeling. <laughs> yeah, you had that amazing feeling by the end of the match. And then he kind of fell flat a bit afterwards with big cast, But again, it, I feel like he's finding his groove and he's getting back into the style. And then he got the heel turn he apparently wanted. And my God, <laughs> he has done so well with that heel turn. He's, it's, he's taken, He's taken it and he's developed the elements of it so well. Like it's another one like I was praising Randy Orton for it, but just adding little things week after week. It's just that means so much. Well, like another one is uh, I am currently rewatching. I'm de- well rewatching. I'm going back through the Hiroshi Tanahashi stuff. But in the process of doing that, I'm seeing the Shinsuke Nakamura character get developed slowly over time. It's because that's alongside Tanahashi, Shinsuke Nakamura is that right there with him. But yes, yeah, so you see the little elements of Nakamura like every next time you see him there's another added development to the King of Strong Style character uh, I'm in 2011, he's kind of been the King of Strong Style technically for about two years where I am uh, technically, <laughs> I'll get into it in a column when it releases, whenever it is but yes, yeah, so and Nakamura he's not he's not Michael Jackson yet, but he is the King of Strong Style there's like so many elements, and he's, if you see it it's so close to getting to what we would eventually see him as, and then the uh, WWE version hasn't even stopped developing <laughs> like, little things are added consistently by him. But, but yeah, Daniel Bryan is doing that really well as well. Like, week after week, little tidbits get added. He learn something new about his character, about his, I guess, his overt aggression. Because that was one of the first things that came out was his aggression and what he was willing to do to win, attacking different wrestlers. And his match with uh, Brock Lesnar was full of very interesting cockiness as well. When he was in the ring, like deciding to toy with Lesnar essentially, like it was kind of mental thinking about it, but still, he he's done little things to do with him kind of uh insulting everybody about the environment. Like, I that make yeah, I care about the environment, I don't, I'm not going to eat meat or whatever it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's so half past one in the morning, my brain has died out on the specifics of what he said, but still. He, yeah, he's had little elements of it week after week, and the character is so damn interesting. <laughs> just like the reasons he's going after the WWE universe just make all the sense in the world. Uh, the cryo-chamber stuff, I really, <laughs> really like that element. It's kind of like, because um, like WWE has sometimes been compared to comic books, but the fact, in terms of like the superheroes and everything, but the fact that Daniel Bryan was essentially saying that i my brain became twisted whilst I was inside the cryo chamber <laughs> it's just like but it works <laughs> i really like it and the fact that even they have realized that the um i i care about the environment i care about the animals uh, and you, therefore i am better than you like they have WWE have realized that that gets you heat really effectively Like for me that's like take a note peter and the like, the vegan people wanting to uh, have it be a religion because they care about it so much and want to push it on others like uh, that, that yeah <laughs> that's a deep conversation I didn't want to get into <laughs> Just for me I'm perfectly fine if you'll do whatever you want if you're vegan I will make I will go out of my way to get some stuff for you to eat at my when if, if you're coming over I'll go out of my way to make you comfortable however if you stop preaching at me I'm going to get irritated <laughs> Just, Oh, uh, yeah. So like, I'm going out of my way. Therefore, I expect you to show me the same courtesy. <laughs> that's, my, that's my view on it. So when Daniel Vine preaches at you, that oh, the grains on me. But I know why he's doing it. <laughs> so it's kind of, yeah, he's doing it because he knows it grains on people. Therefore, I love him for it. <laughs> it's not like somebody in real life doing it. <laughs> but, yeah, Daniel Vine doing it, it's just like, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I love the fact he's using that for heat that <laughs> he's a vegan and he knows where to push to irritate people it's just like, yes, yes Daniel Bryan, it's amazing so yeah I think I covered everything, amazing return and then it's ending the year as champion with an amazing heel turn with some fantastic character work which continues to get development, that's the important part for me, just to bridge off again the important part for me is that Daniel Bryan it continuously Develops. he continues to change the things and like, for example, if you look at AJ Styles as soon as he turned face in 2017 his character development just stopped, it was dead, that was it done, he had his match with Shane McMahon at WrestleMania and he was still a heel at that point and I think they had like a a handshake of respect and that kind of immediately turned him face and his character development just ended there and uh, this year, it wasn't really until the summer of this year where he started to get that development of he's too emotional and he gets angered, he's angered, yeah, people pushing his buttons, he's too easy to emotionally twist, and he got that element of his character, later into uh, 2018, and that's really helped and whatever, whatever gif I've just seen, of AJ Styles hitting Vince McMahon in the face, uh, I don't know the context, <laughs> but I guess good for him, is he getting some character again, is he turning heel, is that WWE's tactic, when they say they're listening to us, by that they mean, they're just going to turn everybody heel, I don't know, they know how to write villains, so if everybody's a heel, uh, it's, it's, you need variety. <laughs> but, yeah, if your top guys suddenly get character, I don't know if I'm going to complain. There's no reason to complain about that. But, yeah, so the continuous character development is uh, it's not like with Randy Orton as well, gives the same praise to Daniel Bryan. Continuous development made him really, really interesting. So, again, excited to see the 2019 for Daniel Bryan. I don't know if it's gonna be something to do with the Miz. Uh his with AJ Styles, I'm still happy to watch continue. I don't know if it's gonna be a Royal Rumble match between the two or somebody else, like will Mustafa Ali get a rumble match against Daniel Bryan? Dino AJ Styles, oh, his first rumble since his debut in twenty sixteen. <laughs> he's just he's busy being the champion. He can't there's no point being in the rumble if you're the champion all the time. Huh. So the next award. I said the serious stuff was in the second half of this. Let's do the first one. The Controversy of the Year. Ah. Well, if you listen to uh, One Nation Radio, you would have heard those guys doing talking about the controversial points that came up as well. Uh, they fall on certain areas. But there's one that I wanted to bring up, and I've limited them down to five. we so We've listened to those guys, it's like a paragraph <laughs> of just controversy after controversy. But I've limited it down to five picks, where for me these are the biggest controversies. And I have thrown quite a few into one basket so first controversy of the year enzo amore is fired on the week of the royal rumble two the decision to keep the universal championship on brock lesnar three the decline in ticket sales and television viewership four bringing back hulk hogan and five the deal with Saudi Arabia. So there are other little things that happen throughout the year, but for me, these are like the five big ones. <laughs> these are the five ones which really have impacted in a big way. Uh, of course, uh, the third one, in the kind in ticket sales and television viewership, that's a consequence of multiple things, but it's still a really big talking point. <laughs> but, so that, for me, that, that's not getting the pick, but it is a, like, really... Big thing, like the whole talking about why is that happening, what are the causes of it, what could be done to bring it back. <laughs> like, who do you blame? Or SmackDown really to blame for only selling half out when the show's quality has been great? Does quality even matter if Raw sucks? <laughs> just the perception damaged. It's like, whatever. Whatever it is, yeah, that alone isn't a, like a big enough controversy to win the award, but it is big enough to get mentioned. Uh, same with Enzo More. He made a really big impact let's say well because at the start of the year he was cruiserweight champion and that show was like it was it, it stunk <laughs> essentially with him his, him a champion the best thing about it was Drew Gulak stepping up once again as the guy on the Enzo train it's just Drew Gulak was amazing he's, he's, yeah <laughs> amazing consistency even in the crap times Drew Gulak was shining but uh the week of the Royal Rumble or the uh, War 25, when all the attention was on WWE, Enzo Mole was accused of rape, and he apparently was smoking. Smoking. It was <laughs> <laughs> apparently uh, some cocaine was also inhaled by Mister More and yeah, and bye bye. He was already like on a final leash after irritating everybody. <laughs> but yeah, that, the week of the Rumble, Enzo Morey was fired, and yeah, that, that shook up 205 Live. For me, that was, like, the biggest, the best thing to happen Two to five Live was Enzo Mori getting fired. And, yeah, because he was no longer there. Like, you could see that on air, it was like he was getting, they were trying to teach him because they saw the, like, the money he could have on the microphone. Well, the, sorry, the money that he could generate via his mic skills. But yeah, apparently, when he's that big of a twat <laughs> and you don't seem to want to be taught, yeah, you can't teach a person who refuses to learn anything. Like, you've learned that with your president, America. <laughs> Same with the Moray. If he doesn't want to learn and you've tried to teach him countless times, eventually you're going to have to give up. It's a, in a way, especially if you're a busy person with multiple things to do and that man is not going to learn. He's like, well, I can replace you. So off he pops. <laughs> so bye, Moray, And you're not winning this award either. We do get a mention. Uh, the Universal Championship from Brock Lesnar, Hulk Hogan, or Saudi Arabia. So... For me, one impacted the product in a really negative way in Brock Lesnar, like them not doing that really soured. Especially my personally my interest. Just as soon as he retained that championship, I was just like gone. <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> I was out. Like yeah, why, why? <laughs> I do not. I still don't understand why they didn't give it. They like, pulled. They got blue balls at the last second. <laughs> just no. Just give Roman the championship, and yeah, (laughs) it's too depressing a subject to keep to go down like fully. But they eventually gave Roman the championship, and Bot Lesnar ended up being a sour note over the entire summer. It's just like it's like WWE had stalled and nothing was advancing, and now look what's happened. (laughs) Like the consequence of that is they don't have a main event and they're having to rebuild. And whilst they don't have a main event, and they've got like the potential top guy in a story-heavy uh, kind of story, <laughs> I can think of another word. Story-heavy narrative, or rivalry angle, whatever. I'm thinking of other words now. But yeah, so Seth Rollins is busy. <laughs> is what I'm trying to say, but they haven't really got that main event sorted. And it hit a peak <laughs> in November slash December with the declining viewerships like this is not fun to watch whilst you're figuring this out. So, yeah. However, for me, there's like the two biggest controversies for me: the them deciding to bring back Hulk Hogan, and the one I've given the award to. So Hulk Hogan, was a huge controversial thing, called, of course, the whole racism thing, and him not apologising for it when the opportunity was given. He didn't apologise. He essentially said, if you're "Gonna be a racist? Don't get caught." That <laughs> like the mistake was getting caught, not the racism. Like, uh, that's not gonna fans re- the right way or <laughs> people are in working at WWE. Uh, but he appeared at Saudi Arabia and like that's been that. I don't know if they're going to ever return him in this current climate, that like, they might have to wait it out a little bit longer if they really want to bring Hulk Hogan back, but I can't see it happening anytime soon unless they just do it and it's like, Well feck is which would go against this we're listening to you thing <laughs> so whilst they're doing this this rebuilding and fixing their brand don't expect Hulk Hogan on WWE television or at least there shouldn't be <laughs> any Hulk Hogan if these past two years have taught me anything that like WWE will just if they want to do something they'll just do it and uh feck is <laughs> so but maybe they pushed that too far and then actively seeing fans ch- turning out make like that was like the, the message finally hit <laughs> it's just that with the viewership dipping and dipping, and this Christmas holiday getting below two million. It's just like, yeah, yeah. But the biggest controversy of the year for me easily is the deal with Saudi Arabia. Uh, I did two columns on it this year. One uh, trying to look at the positives, one just fully diving into the negatives. Uh, Yeah, it was a controversial deal uh, with uh, fans, I guess, to begin with. Then and then he watched the show and it was chock-a-block with propaganda uh, uh, John Cena yeah <laughs> doing a whole propaganda speech and then throughout the show just Sprinkles of Michael Cole uh, talk about how fantastic the city is and there were video packages of how wonderful Saudi Arabia is and then and then that kind of did the Royal Rumble which rubbed some people the wrong way for me it was just like a, the impression I was getting was glorified house show. and I watched the event and it felt like a glorified house show So I got what I was expecting, except for the fact that parts of it are canon. So this is the other part of the Saudi Arabia agreement, which is, it's away from the controversial stuff, but the actual impact on the WWE show itself is time was given, or time was dedicated to a show that wasn't entirely canon but also kind of was at the same time. So it's like, they're trying to get you to watch it or to let you know that you should watch it because there are canon things, but there's also lots of stuff that isn't (laughs) canon so what is the point it's an odd one i again i didn't touch this next event i didn't touch crown jewel but in between the two we got the super showdown which showed that this kind of thing like a big a big show in a different country isn't a bad idea it's just that as a viewer again wwe shows are long and it's not entirely canon so personally i'd prefer for me the issue is them dedicating tv time to it so it makes the hosts happy, and they've put loads of money in, and it makes their show feel as significant. But like, as a viewer, like I, I just wound through that stuff. <laughs> like, the only title that seemed to matter was the Cruiserweight Championship. It's just like, uh, of course, uh, Australia was a bit different because they had the Women's Championships as well and uh, just different titles on the line, but nothing changed. Uh, Samoa Jerry J. Styles, again, that was a decent one. But, yeah, the biggest turn of the year came with Crown Jewel, and all of the bullets that came with that, with the murder of, Khal, uh, of uh, Khashoggi and uh, Saudi Arabia lying, changing the story constantly, uh, then sponsors dropping out as more and more was coming out, and then we've found out more and more and more, and pretty much now everything is pointing towards the crown prince himself having ordered the murder. Uh, but again, is it, this is how Russia get away with it. Everything points, but there's no certain proof. There's no certainty, so you can't say without a shadow of a doubt you did this. So when you're accusing like a world leader with so much power, you've got to be 100% certain with like hardly any, well, pretty much no wiggle room. There's too much wiggle room, and that's how Putin gets away with it. Same thing here. I'm touching a heavy subject again, <laughs> but this is why I'm doing this early. I'm going to end on a nice note. I've kicked my chair <laughs> by accident, uh, but yeah, if things got worse and worse and worse, and. Yeah, so different uh, sponsors and companies were pulling out, and there was a huge investment meeting, and more and more people were pulling out, and there was a huge call from WWE fans to pull out, and this is when things got interesting. So this is like the fan kind of backlash against it. People talking about boycotting the show, and I personally did not watch the show partly out of a like like (laughs) like, I'm not happy with this agreement kind of thing, but also just the show itself. I didn't care and I've been winding through all of the segments building it up because I didn't care. So why would I watch the show itself? Well, especially when it's gonna be like four hours of my time where I wasn't I didn't care enough to watch the build up on the te- on television while I watched the show. It's like having watched the past two super shows from this year, that I like I knew like again I was looking at a not really canon with a couple of canon things in there, it's like essentially a waste of time. That was my look on those shows by the end of the year, and Koundrel, that is the biggest reason. <laughs> I didn't really watch it. Because, again, the argument's brought up of, like, if you are against this certain thing, then I guess you have to be against other things as well. But, again, you can't make a change if you're, like, getting angry at everything. You can't you can't get angry at everything, because then you have no time to dedicate to any of them. So, really, you do have to... The phrase is, pick your battles. And for me, this was a battle which the WWE universe decided to pick and they stuck with it. And like, I commend them for sticking with it. And again, it wasn't a small thing. It wasn't a few people. Like Week after week, if they mentioned Crown Jewel, it was huge boos. Like, they, like, there was no way that the people backstage did not know the fans were pissed about this. And since Crown Jewel, you've seen ratings dip. I don't know if they're related because people did say, I'm leaving WWE, I'm not watching WWE after this. Of course, the hardcore fans will always stick and I don't know if I'd call myself a hardcore fan, but like from two thousand and five to this year, I've tried my best to watch every single Monday Night Raw. I don't think I've like even if I was away I'd even try and catch up. <laughs> like before there was Sky Plus, I'd even try and catch up <laughs> with but yeah, with uh you know WWE for been away for two weeks. Yeah, twenty eighteen, three month gap, and then I've not watched Raw uh, I think since the last pay per view whenever TLC was, whenever that was. I don't, I don't think I've watched more since then. Or it was before then. I'm not really sure. I'll get confused. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's during the dip in quality. I was like, yeah, I don't know why I'm watching this again. I'm out. <laughs> so I'm on Twitter, so I'll see if it improves. But still, it's... Yeah, I've gone off topic. i was talking about Saudi Arabia. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, huge, huge controversy. Easily the biggest controversy of the year for me. It's not even close. Just... Yeah, like WWE took a real hard hit deciding to stick with this one. And they've got multiple years left on their deal with Saudi Arabia. So what do they do? Like every, I get the feeling that at least next year as well, because there are more shows planned. I feel like there's two more shows planned, just like with the greatest Royal Rumble and Crown Jewel. There's two more planned. And I've even talked about an NXT Saudi Arabia. Like they're, they are pushing, the, the deal is still going forward but I don't know what the fan backlash is going to be like, especially when they're doing the, we are listening to you era. This is not that. And it goes against the reaction, the reaction that Crown Jewel got sent a message. And I don't know what WWE go to do in 2019 after that. Maybe the hope is that people will die down and not really kick up a fuss. But again, my number one thing is if the deal is like a big thing for WWE and, Uh, Saudi Arabia wants to get that propaganda out there the best thing you can do is not watch it and that's what I do with Crown Jewel and the next one I won't watch either I'm not going to watch any more WWE Saudi Arabia shows even if the deal lasts for years and they waste TV time doing it I am sending my message by not paying attention to any of it (laughs) which will hit Saudi Arabia more because they've used WWE to funnel this propaganda so it's too serious (laughs) I'm going on about way too many serious stuff Uh, yeah that's Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on from that one. Uh, you know what? Let's take an ad break. I've been going an hour. I need a drink. So we're going to take a quick ad break, and then we're going to get on to the, like, the more personal like, matches of the years or the worst matches or the... I've got different... I've got new awards as well <laughs> compared to last year. I've added a couple of new ones in. So we'll sprinkle we sprink... sprinkle, those in. We'll start with a fun one <laughs> when we return. Or at least I think they're fun. Anyway... See you in about five or five, ten seconds if you're listening live or listening to this advert about... I'm going to go with daughter buying car. <laughs> so let's see if that's right. Uh, I'll see you in a few seconds after you listen to an advert about a daughter buying a car. See you later. Hmm. Completely forgot, I've still not uploaded the ten <laughs> to, to the actual... Uh, to the actual actual studio. It's not there. Oh, what am I like? Uh. Anyway, <laughs> so you got the Wyatt thing again, which is old as hell. <laughs> but, oh, I'll get to changing it eventually. So uh, we've got some more awards to come, uh, and I've got my amazing outline on. I would say, I just it's, it's a side point. It's nothing to do with wrestling, but I really like the outline thing that's on the uh, word on Google Docs. <laughs> it makes big columns so much easier because I can just oh, it's, it's a huge navigation help. I really like that addition. Ah. (laughs) It's a bit of a nerd-out moment. Anyway, so we've got Wrestlers of the Year, we've got Matches of the Year, we've got uh, Worst Talky Bit, Best Talky Bit, a new award that I'm simply calling the Fickle Award. Uh, Shout out to uh, Clive from the Ricky and Clive show (laughs) for helping me brainstorm that one by accident, just having a conversation. Uh, And we've also got stuff to do with it like heels and and stuff. And uh, that's where I'm going to start. So the most pointless heel turn of the year. As I said earlier, I completely forgot to add the Bella Twins to these lists, but they're an odd one. They wouldn't have won either, and I don't know which category they belong in. <laughs> because they turned heel. It was one of those where it's like, would you just wait for them to turn heel because there's going to be a match at Evolution? They turned heel. It was fine. But then the match with Valzi paid off and it worked. So and it was a decent match as well. <laughs> so it wasn't pointless, but it wasn't heel turn of the year either. So it's just... I'm fine to have forgotten by accident. (laughs) So, Most pointless heel turn of the year. Nia Jax. I'm going with the one after, with Ronda Rousey. I think she turned, she technically, she turned a bit, she turned heel on Ronda Rousey and was faced again by the end of the feud. So I'm going with that one. (laughs) Uh, And Big Show. (laughs) The team with the bar. I I don't know what number it is for Big Show. (laughs) I've lost track. Uh, Bourne Strowman turning heel to face Roman Reigns on his face again already. And, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt turning heel. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I was just, yeah. Really that was, uh, I was just um, typing out, so I was watching uh, Tanahashi versus uh, Goto from Dominion in 2011, and it randomly came to my head. It's like, oh, yeah, Hardy and Wyatt turned heel on the B team. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah. So that's the thing. So they're added to this list because I completely forgot they turned heel. So there your choices, Nia Jax, Big Show, Braun Strowman, or Hardy and Wyatt, or the deleters of world, whoever you want to call them. Uh, and my pick is the Big Show. Obviously, it's reached a point. <laughs> that I really want to honour him. This is a new award, and there's only one man who could possibly win the first ever most pointless hill turn of the year. <laughs> only one man. <laughs> and it is Big Show. I'm looking forward to you being on this list next year. Unless it's a face turn. I've not done a face turn. less because they're not pointless. They normally stick in their face. Heels are more character-driven. <laughs> so if it, there's no, they've got nothing to back it up, often you'll just end up going face again. Look at Dana Brooke. She turned... Oh, that's a shout-out, isn't it? How many times has Dana Brooke turned? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I kind of tell pointless. Because she turned heel on... Or did she turn heel? Did she turn face? She was with Titus I get confused. I'm... Do I need do I need to do a Dana Book column trying to follow her character this year? <laughs> because I'm really struggling to uh, think about it at 2 a.m. in the morning. Oh, so uh, most pointless heel turn easily goes to Big Show. So, yeah, Nia Jax has then turned face and then back to heel again after the, after this turn, but the heel turn afterwards was fueled, <laughs> so that wasn't pointless. Uh, even though she's already died, <laughs> the momentum's gone for a short time. She was. Yeah, (laughs) getting booed to hell. Uh, But, yeah, so uh, Braun Strowman, his one was for a specific reason, (laughs) even if that reason as like that. He's he's faced again already. didn't take long. And Hardy and Bray Wyatt was maybe cut short because of a Hardy injury rather than, like, just creative being done with them after they turned heel. I don't know. But Big Show has got to win the first one of these, (laughs) right? (laughs) I cannot give it to anyone. He He joined the bar. Showed up. At, was it Crown Drawn they did this for? And I think he was gone by the next pay per view. Why did he? Why? <laughs> why were you there? <laughs> I don't understand. Maybe because he's got a quota. It's like in, his, like it's in the contract for um, by um, Terry Nation who designed the Daleks in Doctor Who. in. The, I think there was a contract which was signed by the BBC where Terry Nation's kind of uh, his point. No, his, I can't remember the word for it. But, yeah, stipulation, yeah, his stipulation to signing was that the Daleks would be featured every single year. So that's why you get stupid Dalek stories in Doctor Who, (laughs) because they're they're contractually obliged to include a Dalek story. So maybe Big Show's got it in his contract, just like with Terry Nation and the Daleks. (laughs) Big Show's got it in his contract that every year there must be a heel turn, (laughs) and that explains everything. Or that was a WCW agreement when they signed him. So like, you can have him but he's got to turn him heel every single year <laughs> in that damn stipulation. Ah, madness, if that would be the case. Anyway, the heel turn of the year. As I fixed him with my microphone, I noticed something off. not. And Nia Jax again. Uh, there might be another Nia in and Nia Jax. Nakamura, Daniel Bryan, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Randy Orton, Dean Ambrose. They're my heel turns of the year. There may be other ones that I'm not quite sure about, but they're the one, two, three, four, five, six. They're the seven if you don't count Nia Jacks multiple times. <laughs> they're the seven people I've limited it down to. Uh, Nakamura made a huge impact at WrestleMania. Nia Jax made a huge, uh, admittedly, when she punched Becky Lynch in the face. That was that was She got so much heat for that and she was booed so loudly. <laughs> <laughs> it was... It's kind of insane to see. She had so much heat for that little while for remembering, oh, yeah, it's Nia Jax. <laughs> So she died. The moment has gone already. But still, she had that huge heat. Daniel Bryan have already talked at length about him. Uh, Becky Lynch has arguably changed the industry for, in terms of WWE, really. like changed, She changed the landscape of WWE by herself to the point where there was a huge cry for her and Rousey to main event WrestleMania for her to win the Royal Rumble. It just... Yes, yeah, she feels like she is the star of this generation, and they, they like they should go for it, <laughs> dive hard at this uh, Charlotte Flair. Where it, I like the idea that Becky Lynch feels like Flair is copying her, but it's injected so much character into Flair, and Flair has been so good like throughout this year as well that it's kind of hard to dislike her. <laughs> it's like yes, we know you're really good, Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Should that we were just saying Becky Lynch was also really good, and um, yeah, her getting held that makes sense, and yeah, the fact that Charlotte Flair is heel and Becky Lynch is a tweener now, it is, yeah, Mandy uh, Orton, his gradual getting, like you see how far down the hole he's fallen gradually throughout the year. I've really liked his uh, really intriguing heel character, and uh, Dean Ambrose, really in terms of hitting an emotional chord there was no stronger time to do it without them having to kind of create a bond between uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose for a longer period of time. And I don't know if they wanted to do something big next year with the two in terms of making them main inventors. But with this, I don't know, it feels like it might have been a bit rushed, but again, the circumstances and the actual kind of creative things from changing week to week, the fact it's been as consistent as it is, is a miracle, (laughs) Really? But, yeah, in terms of the actual turn, there was no... Yeah, it was, it was huge emotion in the night, obviously, because of the range news. But him doing it then added so much emotion into the story immediately. But it was one of those things where it got the impression WWE felt like they needed to maybe bring up why it happened on the day it did, from Dean Ambrose's point of view, which means you've got to bring up a certain thing... And when Dean Ambrose delivered the line, he didn't. it looked like he didn't feel comfortable doing it. It was quite odd, and I don't know if they're going to mention it since, but they showed it in the promo package. <laughs> so maybe they're fine with it. But, yeah, Dean Ambrose turning heel. It worked, yeah. I don't know why I paused there. That's the list. Nia Jackson, thinking Nakamura, like Downing Vine, Lynch, Flair, Orton, Ambrose. Yeah, so I will just, I will just say, with Nakamura... Don't forget how great he was <laughs> for a little amount of time. Uh, his feud with AJ actually enjoyed a lot of the television work. Like It was really odd with the matches and the fact that I predicted the last man's standing match ending with both guys kicking each other in the dick and <laughs> collapsing to the floor. The fact that I predicted that kind of made me laugh because I should never have been right about that. <laughs> that's, that's that's ridiculous. No, <laughs> no. Uh, but his character work himself was really enjoyable. But um, like the promos he was giving and the uh, the the his expressions when he did hit AJ Styles in the dick, it's like if I, it's like is he he's been given a really bollocks no pun in, <laughs> pun intended uh, yeah really bollocksy kind of way to end his matches. He's giving it his all. <laughs> if he's gonna get shit bucking, he's gonna make that into gold with amazing facial expressions <laughs> and things. Uh, Seems like a more uh, he became an amazing character. But then he won the US Championship and was never seen again. <laughs> so, uh, showing up now and then in as a background guy. Okay, cool. Oh, he also got bit by a dog. That probably didn't help. <laughs> Forget about that. Uh, but yeah, the winner of my heel turn of the year, Becky Lynch. But yeah, it, purely because of the immediate impact it made. Even though the I, it's an odd one because the actual like WWE were trying to tell a story of Becky Lynch is in the wrong here, and they tried to get the fans to go along with it, like even editing the sound uh, on the like the v, the VTRs that they played uh, after the fact. They put booze in with the Becky Lynch stuff when she was cheered out of the building, like <laughs> and like deafening cheers, and like they tried to fight it, but. Yeah, yeah. They Even or Lynch, her promo afterwards was a You People promo, which we've like, criticised the numbers for doing it, but Becky Lynch's first promo to our audience was a You People promo. But it was like, you you never cheered for me. And it's like, well, the reason the angle works was because the fans were cheering for her. <laughs> so like the, it made sense that uh, she might be going over the top in her reaction and anger towards the other wrestlers, but the one set of people she should never have really <laughs> done the You People speech to was the WWE Universe. So the fact that they retconned that, they've turned her into a tweener where they, she's technically like Cold, where she's technically being a heel and a bit of an ass. But the fans absolutely love her. And there's just there's something special. They retconned it perfectly. They, Yeah, they readjusted where they were going with it. And, yeah, now she's like the hottest thing going in WWE. And, yeah, she's getting attention from outside, like with uh, Conor McGregor. That's going to help her, in, in Vince's eyes especially. Or the, well, really the network's eyes. Her um, like co- coercing, her <laughs> talking to like, really famous Irish folk is really going to help her, obviously. But I've just got a message from Byrne. He's going to be here <laughs> for the second half of this show. he typed like right? I don't know why I said it like that but anyway i was going to go to the queue right so I've got what I was talking about. Becky Lynch yes Becky Lynch with the heel turn of the year there's some. there's been some good heel turns and I've gone at length about Daniel Bryan's one Daniel Bryan's one was amazing <laughs> just in terms of the depth that's been added slowly over time so, but yeah, so I really, really like Daniel over overall work. I really like uh, the way it's kind of developed from there. I really like she's in like a more of his little short run he had, but then he died of death, which <laughs> is a shame. So, uh, and I feel like I must have forgotten some terms because I made a whole list with uh, KMA Jackson, if you're still listening by this point. <laughs> There's a huge list on Twitter where we kind of did stuff uh, just Need to do something. Oh. Uh, good oh, I just Need to add, are they? Uh, uh, but yeah. So when we we're doing the whole, uh, I've got more to talk about. Let's leave it <laughs> at the end of that. Uh I was just trying to add burn, and then I couldn't concentrate. So I lost everything. That's <laughs> <Right.
0: laughs>
1: the first time. <laughs> Alright, So for the second half of this show, we've got burn. Everybody. Hello. I did say at the start of the show when we were live before you were getting home at like 5pm and, and we were live like how did we do a show when you were getting like? Was, oh ben works, he has a job
2: <laughs> I didn't used to get off at 5 but some days are busy and crazy and some days are normal and I can be off at like 3 so today was one of those unfortunate days and super unfortunate because we had something to record
1: Yeah. Um, well the good news is I've blasted through an hour's worth of awards Yeah, the bad news for the listeners is I've gone really in-depth in some, and I even, I think I went on for like 10 minutes about Saudi Arabia. I can only apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
2: walk me through a little bit, and I'll I'll contribute, and we can just move
1: on. All right, so uh, this is a recap for the mental people who weren't paying attention. (laughs) Hey, it's
2: like real WWE. It's the second hour that
1: matters. (laughs) So, best NXT call-up was between McIntyre and Murphy, and that's it. So I went with McIntyre. Ouch, yes <laughs> <laughs> i mean when
2: did when did oski get called up
1: uh that uh 20 late 2017
2: okay cause
1: yeah i was He's just thinking the other
2: day like remember how she won the rumble do remember how shinsuke won the rumble yeah mm. that was good times what have they been up to <laughs> yeah
1: and buddy murphy's made a hell of an impression on Five live you so know was... for the four people that watch it yeah it it's great. really weird <laughs> um, apparently, um, when Enzo More got fired, he, uh, Triple H took over Creative, and he's like, oh, well, that explains a lot, because, <laughs> like, yeah, it's been really good since then.
0: That's <laughs> so, funny,
2: yeah. because Mustafa Ali, right, on SmackDown now, just tearing it up, being awesome. Maybe we'll get the yeah. more 205 crossover, but also hilarious that you bring up, uh, what's his dumbass? The fact that he's, like, lurking outside WWE events now is crazy! <laughs> he's a psycho stalker! <laughs> He's like oh, yeah. the guy who stalks his ex, right? Like, yeah. showing up at her house and being like, I still love you. It's like, no, we broke up. Go away. I'm going to call the
0: cops.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to forget that that, that man exists. <laughs> <laughs> After today, well, I've had to bring him up again. <laughs> Let me just say, Did you uh, got right. a little
2: interview with Neville the other day where he's talking about how one of the reasons he left was because they were going to put the belt on Enzo, and he's like, "Man, it'll be real nice to to go back to that division when they actually have wrestlers as champions again."
1: <laughs> oh god, it's... Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, as soon as Enzo was gone, that show suddenly like everything was fixed. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. Ah, but yeah, so uh, best call caller was Drew McIntyre and his own between him and Murphy because all of the others are in the other category for the worst or most wasted NXT call-up.
2: Uh, there's so many.
1: Yeah. So, But I've got it down to five. I don't know if there's any more if I'm getting any because Ember Moon is an odd one. I wasn't sure about her because so I've left her off it. She's been
2: okay. She's,
1: she's yeah, that, not, yeah. like
2: tearing it up but she's you know she's doing some stuff. She's in some matches. It's Not like, you know, Sanity, who's basically never on TV or almost, who's just jobbing out to people. He's jobbing out, but he's, like, putting on some good matches, and he's wrestling, like, AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan and, you know, Mustafa (laughs) Ali, right? Like, all these really great wrestlers. So, he's not wasted, but at the same time, he did put on, like, the best match in NXT history, and now he's putting on eight-minute openers on SmackDown. So, I mean, he has the potential to be amazing, and then he's not being really utilized. So, I think he's... Probably the most wasted on here, like the mm. iconics are cool and all, but they didn't really do anything in n x t really I mean yeah, eh. no way jose i I mean, I love no way Jose, I think he <laughs> has potential, and he got called up way too soon, so he's not really wasted. He just shouldn't have been called up, Officers of uh, pain, man, eh, whatever, they're boring, nobody cares they're they're like a totally fine n x t tag team, like they have cool moves and stuff, but there's no personality to them, they're just like knock shield gear. They Switch switch managers every couple of months Because they're boring and they need a manager So, meh, whatever, I never had high expectations for them They were always going to be uh, bada, 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 The Ascension 2.0 They were oh. always going to be <laughs> So, I mean, I think it's between Sanity and Almus, Depending on who you had as higher potential And
1: lower <laughs> amount of work So far since they've been called up all right, So I initially Chose Sanity Because they have, I feel like they have potential then they just weren't ever used Uh uh, well to be fair i felt like all of them deserved it for different reasons <laughs> it really didn't help uh but i ended up going with neri jose because he has made the least splash out of all of them <laughs> <laughs> Just, i genuinely forgot he got called up until he wrestled jinder mahal it's like
2: oh yes shit yeah <laughs> Don't know Wait, was when like. you're the ghetto adam rose that's a problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> but here's the thing though right like what did Sanity really do in NXT? They were around for like a year and a half before they won the tag titles for like a week. Mm. Like, yeah, what did um, they do? Almost was the actual NXT champion putting on five-star matches, putting on 30-minute main events. What did Sanity ever actually do? Like, they were Triple H's little t- 20-year pet project, right? But they never did anything. Who cares?
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like the biggest impact was actually, well, one, Nikki Cross, and two, War Games. Like, yeah. those two things. Because sanity with the chaos and everything, that just fits. And their promos, before they get called up, they were brilliant. <laughs> Talking about chaos uh, becoming... you really got a feeling that when they arrive, shit's going to get shaken up.
0: And they <laughs> arrived.
1: They arrived. They did that in their first show. Well, actually, no, they didn't. They were plugged for months. And then they had an announced match, because that screams chaos. <laughs> <laughs> And then after they had their announced match, which they lost, by the way, <laughs> they then, I think they feuded with New Day, ended up on the pre-show, and goodbye. They should have been the second them.
2: Shield, and they just weren't.
1: Yeah. So they um, should
2: showed up without any announcement, kicked someone's ass, and left. And they don't do that. They're not even on the <laughs> show. And especially without Nikki Cross, like, they don't have that chaotic element. She's the crazy one in the group. She's mm. the
1: crazy one. Yeah. <laughs> So it's sadness for sanity. Oh, but they, they, they're they on it now. Oh, they did an attack. <laughs> so, ooh, uh, ooh. I mean,
2: better late than never, I guess. That's that's what happens when the McMahons are running the show. It's going to oh. be great again. <laughs>
1: oh, right. So next award. <laughs> because they weren't. Yeah. Because they weren't
0: running
1: it, you know. Yeah. I will say I've cleverly, cleverly booked three hours just in case I went long. <laughs> so, All right. Yeah. So uh, Unsung Hero of the Year. So, the idea of this one was that kind of like the workhorse guy or guys putting some good performances or somehow gotten over, but they won't be on anybody's Wrestler of the Year list. So, you'll get the gist of what kind of person I'm looking at with this one. So, Randy Orton, Samoa Joe, Dolph Ziggler, Rusev, Shinsuke Nakamura, R Truth, Sami Zayn, and CN Elmas. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so. I gave some explanation, but Rusev purely because of like that first half of the year where Rusev Day was incredibly over, then WWE did their best to kill it,
0: <laughs> to get it dead,
1: and now like he's champion. because like, We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna capitalize on it now. It's like he you to kill it for the whole year. They're <laughs> so, no, like,
2: we don't have anything for you, Rusev. Just do whatever you want. And so he does yeah. Rusev Day, and it's the most over thing over, and they're like, no, bad you. We didn't write
1: that. <laughs> oh. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, I got the impression that he was do- oh. in a thing of doing the best he could with shit or then nothing. Mean, <laughs> because
0: he, he can with balls?
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, I, his his, his feud of AJ Slav got better over time, even though it was, it was centred on hitting each other in the balls. Oh. <laughs> but uh. <laughs> then it was then he won the United States Championship, which was like, oh, this could be interesting. But then he was a champion of a division that didn't exist. There was no one to fight. (laughs) And when he did fight somebody, it was someone else already in a different feud where he wasn't the focus. So good for you, Nacho.
2: Yeah, I don't think Shinsuke's unsung. I mean, he had multiple title shots and he mostly just underwhelmed. And that's probably not his fault because he's a great wrestler, just, you know. They weren't Mm. writing SmackDown very well, and his feud was based around hitting people in the balls. So, Mm. you know, he did what he could, but he he wasn't putting on good matches that people just aren't paying attention to. Like, Randy Orton put on good matches that people aren't going to really remember. Joe put on a lot of good matches, but he just keeps losing every one of them, so (laughs) people are going to forget that. Ziggler is, you know, Ziggler's 2018 is also Ziggler's 2017 is also Ziggler's 2016, you know, and on and on and on back to his, his championship, so... Every Ziggler year looks the same where he puts on good matches, except nobody mm. really cares. <laughs> I like your R-Truth pick. I'm not going to go with it, but I, <laughs> R-Truth has been awesome for the last couple of months. Like His pairing with Mela is just amazing. Mm. Uh, and the guy's like 40-something, right? Oh, he's, he's, fifth, he's, he's still 50. really good in the ring. He's actually what?
1: 50. He turned 50 a few years ago.
2: Or a couple of years a- ago. What a badass. (laughs) Yeah, he is great. And the fact that he can just show up in a random skit and be like, I'm ready for the Rumble, and they're like, it's June. What are you talking about? And it's still hilarious. Uh. (laughs) Um, Sami Zayn is obviously amazing, and he always turns everything into gold. Kevin Owens, you know, obviously the same boat, but they both been injured too long to really remember what they were Mm. even doing last. So I'm going to go with the All-Miss Unsung Hero of the Year because now he's jobbing out, and yet he was putting on five-star matches at the beginning of the year because he was an amazing champion. So I'm going with All Miss, but I like your Archery pick too.
1: Whoop, whoop, whoop. Like, it could do it was a good turn. I don't know what noise that was. I just did. But Burns go back to NXT awards. It's become a fixture of these awards <laughs> at the end of the year. <laughs> oh uh, my god. So, that
2: list is so long.
1: <laughs> so I think they've both been female performers these last couple of years. I think it was like Nia Jackson, and Dana Brooke I think were your two picks for the yes. past two years. Oh, my God. Right, so I've not listed anybody. <laughs> so I thought I'd bring it up to let you have a nice think about it. <laughs> we can come back to it in a minute. do <laughs> not want to know. Right. Return of the year. Whilst well, Byrne's thinking about that. Yeah. Kane, Tristratus, Lita, Rey Mysterio, Daniel Bryan, Bobby Lee Lashley, Sean Michaels, and the one everybody thinks uh, forgets about, Chris Jericho. Who? He was turned at Raw 25. (laughs) He was in the Greatest Royal Rumble. And the next month, he won the IWGP Intercontinental Championship in New Japan. He's been there since. (laughs) He came back twice.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Even went on a boat for a bit. And, yeah, some of it was filmed. (laughs) So good for him. Uh, So my pick, obviously, Daniel Bryan. And I don't think... I'd be be surprised if you venture off of Daniel Bryan to somebody else here.
2: Uh, That... This award is not very fair because it's obviously, obviously Daniel Bryan. I, so like four years ago, remember when Trish came back for like that one match with John Cena, like the, the tag team match? That match was amazing and that was a huge return, like a one night thing. That was very cool. But Daniel Bryan came back, surprised the hell out of everyone, is the best wrestler in the world yet again, just immediately upon return. And now he's reinvented himself as like the best heel in WWE. It's crazy. So this this is not a competition. Some of these guys are great, and they're just going to get overlooked. Um, (laughs) Some of these things should never have happened, like Shawn Michaels (laughs) and Kane.
0: (laughs) We we didn't
2: look too good in her return either. ray has been fine. Jericho, I've blanked out Raw 25 because that thing was an abortion that should have never happened. (laughs) Uh, So he didn't actually return to WWE. If your only returns are Raw 25 and the Greatest Royal Rumble, sorry, I'm not even counting it. But... Uh. I mean, that makes it basically down to Daniel Bryan and Bobby Lashley, and Bobby Lashley yeah. is a black it's... hole of Christmas, so <laughs> it's a really yeah. easy decision
1: <laughs> Yeah, uh, all for, uh, I was going to say, I forgot about Brian Kendrick, but he was an injury so doesn't count First
2: of all, the Brian Kendrick
1: Oh, he's, he shaved his beard and everything <laughs>
2: <It's>, <laughs> My favourite
1: part of that was Jack Gallagher go, Jack Gallagher going like, who's who's that? I mean, Brian Kendrick <laughs> This isn't Brian Kendrick <laughs>
2: Oh, oh, man. I just need to go back and watch the Cruiserweight Classic again. It was so
1: good. <laughs> right, so the uh, controversy of the year, a.k.a. the heavy shit that I, I, I spent way too long on. Uh, Enzo Amore, the week of the Rumble, uh, keeping the Universal Championship on Brock Lesnar, the decline of ticket sales and television viewership, the decision to bring back Hulk Hogan, and the deal with Saudi Arabia.
0: Oh, those are <sighs> the, good ones. Oh,
1: and I think I've missed out some. <laughs> but they're the... Oh, they're the like, um, I know uh, Rich Latter and James Boyd on One Nation Radio, they were not happy with uh, them using Roman Reigns in the storyline with Ambrose and Rollins. Uh, and I swear they've done some other controversial stuff. But for me, the deal with Saudi Arabia, my God, that is another level. <laughs> and,
2: it is another uh, level. You don't usually see... WWE basically saying, hey, you murdered someone, but you're going to pay us a lot of money, so it's fine. That's a pretty rare one, and they basically just tried to paper it over. And then this is actually two controversies, right? Because you have the the Saudi Arabia match, and then you have uh, Evolution, right? Mm. Which is the the cover-up. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's the cover-up. It's, oh, well, women aren't allowed to wrestle there, and that's really messed up, but we're going to not accept ownership of that and fight it. Or, or you know, we're just going to take the money and then we're going to give them their own pay-per-view that we're basically not even going to push because we're going to sandwich it in between two other pay-per-views. Yeah, that that whole thing, that is a multi-level travesty. I mean, bringing back Hulk Hogan and his racist-ass past is horrific as well. And the fact that he's like 70 or 80 years old, like what the hell good is he going to do? Who cares? That's bad. But it's nothing on the level of Saudi Arabia. They murdered a journalist and hit it and covered it up and they are terrible and you took their money. Like, this is a stain that WWE will never clean.
1: Yes, and uh, the point I brought up when I went into way too much detail, I'll try to bring it up quickly, but they've got two more shows planned next year for Saudi Arabia, (laughs) and, (laughs) and NXT Saudi Arabia is in the works to possibly be a thing, and the deal has got multiple years left on it. And it's just like, I don't know how they're going to fulfill this without pissing people off, especially in this we're listening to you now, fans, era. <laughs> like they can't do... It's a huge conflict in just so many ways, and I'm surprised they've not pulled out, given how many companies did pull out. But, of course, money <laughs> speaks over all. I
2: hope ah. jumps in the crowd and just neck snaps. What's the face? <laughs> or a few yeah, well, of them.
1: I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> Alright, so, next up, uh, most pointless heel turn of the year. I thought... As this is the first time I'm giving out this award, there's only one man I can possibly give this to. It's obviously Big Show. <laughs> like, I've got like <laughs> it's the first time I've awarded this, so I've got to give it to Big Show. I don't know what number it is, uh, but also this is the Big Show Award. Yeah, it, like by um, like the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the the Big Show Turns Award. Yeah, <laughs> I might type that in for next year. Uh, but also Nia Jax, she turned heel and face I don't know how many times this year also once randomly for a feud with Rowley that's in a month as she was back to being face again Uh, Braun Strowman turned heel specifically for Reigns and the one I just forget ever happened uh, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt turning heel on the B team (laughs) that
0: was a thing
2: (laughs) I I didn't even know that so that's yeah okay great (laughs) yeah (laughs) this one obviously goes to the big show yeah Um, Yeah. you forgot Bobby Lashley
1: Oh, well. Or is that
2: not pointless?
1: (laughs) Oh, I mean, you you see his glutes every week.
2: (laughs) So I guess if he comes out as a face to no reaction and then he comes out as a heel to no reaction, is that not like the perfect encapsulation of the award? (laughs)
1: You're probably right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> as an oversight <laughs> on my end. Yes, but, very good. But point. yes,
2: he does bend over and grab his ass now and have Leo Rush talk for him. So I mean, I guess he's a heel. I don't know. To be a heel, do you have to actually feel something toward that person first, or is he just not a character at all?
1: No, that's a point. He he's a blank slate for Leo Rush to just go.
0: Num, 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 num. <laughs>
2: to be fair, I have loved Elias just trashing Leo Rush like every week. Oh. It is like one yeah. of the highlights of
1: Raw. <laughs> the most seamless face turn i think they've like done in a while <laughs> it's, just, it's yeah.
2: beautiful and it's and it was not planned right like did you yeah. read all of those things about how he was actually going to take the title off of uh of seth when seth went for for brock
1: and they just had to change all of those plans so now
2: he's just a face and he's feuding with the black hole of charisma
1: <laughs> like yeah great <laughs> uh uh heel turn of the year to so the good side um, so I've got Naya Jack specifically for what then gave her the great heat with Becky Lynch, uh, ended up in that. Uh, it died of death very quickly, but at the time, it gave her so much heat. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, his turn at WrestleMania, gave him months of stuff before being trashed into the bin. Uh, Daniel Bryan, his gradual turn has been fantastic. Becky Lynch, who's like, changed the landscape for WWE. Uh, Charlotte Flair, Randy Orton, and Dean Ambrose. Uh, obviously, I went with Becky Lynch.
2: But, you say that, but did she turn heel?
1: Well, she. she <laughs> <laughs> so, this is an odd thing where it's the odds of what creative were trying to do and what they actually <laughs> did. <laughs> so, they were trying to turn a heel, even in the editing of the VTRs and. I, mean, not, I don't remember. In the video packages and things. Uh, there, Becky Lynch, they changed the crowd sounds to booze oh, yeah. when it was like cheers out of the arena and everything. that. Like, defen-
2: ludicrous.
1: But they course corrected. And it's turned her into an amazing Tweener character. <laughs> and she's changed the landscape of WWE. <laughs> so it's like, oh, it's odd. Like, which was my favorite heel turn in terms of, like, character and things, but which was the one who's made the biggest impact? That was Becky But the Lynch. thing is,
2: she didn't turn heel. She was always <laughs> the face. Like, they just yeah. tried to do these packages and, like, gave her, like, two terrible promos that the crowd just cheered for anyway. So that was just an aborted heel turn. They're like, wow, this is not working. Yeah. Like, the crowd, th- it's not even like we turned her heel and then the crowd just started ignoring her. Like, the crowd just literally won't let us do it. Like, we can't yeah. even package these videos correctly because we keep making her say terrible things and they just keep cheering. Yeah. Like, that's that's the stone-cold path. Yeah. So to me, that's not even a heel turn. Um, I don't know. I don't count case either. Maybe just because he he didn't really have a character when he came up came up to hmm. to the main roster, I don't know. Um, Nia Jacks also not a heel turn; she just fucking <laughs> sucks at her job. Uh, <laughs> so Dan, Daniel Bryan's was really great, and I love his his justification and his fickle, 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 oh, his fickle. <laughs> golem. His golem, uh, uh impersonation <laughs> is great. So his is pretty good, um, even though they've started to ruin it a little bit by, like, uh, retconning why he turned. Because originally mm. he said he turned because, you know, he's like, fight for your dreams, your dreams will fight for you. And that was my mantra, and I meditated on it. And then I ended up in a match with AJ Styles, and I'm like, fuck, the only way I'm going to win the title is <laughs> to, to do terrible things, so I'm going to I'm gonna do that now. And that's that's a great rationale. Like, he tried to do it the right way, and he lost, and then he did it the wrong way, and he won, so might as well keep going. But they've tried to retcon that since then, so... Um, think that's a really good pick Randy Orton is like should have been in the last category <laughs> where <laughs> Randy Orton turns do you even notice at this point what is his character uh, Charlotte didn't really turn either I mean it's mostly just uh, the, the Becky corollary right where like they yeah. tried to turn Becky heel and they tried to turn Charlotte face and neither of them really worked
1: yeah it's, it's what I call they've not turned heel they've turned into badasses
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and then Dean's turn. Like, I think everyone kind of saw it coming once Roman got sick. Like, okay, they're going to break up even sooner than we thought. Um, and then parts of it have been great, parts of it have been horrific. I think I wrote about that a little bit. Um, where on the one hand he's like, ah, oh, we're the shield. We, we committed so many so many sins and we have to pay for them. And you know that's that's cool. That's a cool justification that nobody else uses. And then he goes to the doctor and gets ass shots on TV because it's funny. Because <laughs> Vince is a twelve-year-old boy at heart, and he thinks that's fucking hilarious. Which is fine, but that's not what you want to do with your number one heel. You don't want people to laugh mm. at your number one heel. Sorry. So that mm. you know, has turned Dean's turn into something that it should not have been, which is not great. So I mean, I guess Daniel Bryan wins by default.
1: <laughs> oh, well done, Daniel.
2: <laughs> right, so uh, where's, we... your,
1: where's your face turn of the year? I wanted to
2: give the Miz an award.
1: Oh, give it to the Miz. I've not done one. <laughs> Give, give it to The Miz. I did have some categories that I deleted because I couldn't find enough nominations. <laughs> but oh. yeah, I guess The Miz count. Yeah, I've liked his comedy stuff towards the end of this year. His whole stuff with Shane McMahon has been great. Oh, also has AJ Styles turned heel. That's the thing. I'm not, I've i not watched anything, but I saw gifs on Twitter of AJ Styles punching Vince McMahon in the face.
2: Does so. that make you a heel?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I think that wasn't I mean, watching. I to me, that makes you a hero. <laughs> I like all the little things that come with it, like Vince McMahon was saying to AJ Styles, the earth is flat, dickhead, and AJ Styles decks him. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the earth is flat. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's funny. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, yeah, so uh, as you're talking about Daniel Bryan, I'll move on to the new award I've called the Fickle Award for fickle. those characters that just scream fickle at you. I'll, you'll understand when I give the nominations. All right, so first off, Nia Jax, for being such an emotional character that she flips from face to heel and back on a dime. Uh, Sasha and Bailey the two of them are like a pair of eight year old girls <laughs> just constantly falling out and the next minute they're best friends again like, uh, uh. <laughs> it's so really irritating uh, I've put in WWE universe gatekeepers especially ones you see on Twitter and especially one guy who posted something where it was um, he wanted to educate young Roman Reigns fans into booing him He's <laughs> just like what are you doing no, stop gatekeeping fandom. That's not how fandom works. Oh. And uh, AJ Styles for being so emo- easy to emotionally twist, and he also he never wore a cup in the Nakamura feud. You idiot! Of course he would wear a cup. <laughs> how many times did he get kicked in the dick before he wear a cup? In uh, Rock, that's that's the way they lose or win. Yeah, <laughs> but they never learn. <laughs> like ah. Uh.
2: Hey, AJ ah. did give an interview about that recently. Did you see that, where he said, he's like, uh, I played baseball and I didn't like wearing a cup, and now I'm 40 and I don't want to have more kids anyway, so who cares?
1: <laughs> did not see that. <laughs> no. um, what's your pick, Sasha and Bailey? Sasha and Bailey, because they just irritated me. As a man who was taught children, <laughs> that's just seeing them acting like the way they were in this course of this year, like, really falling out with each other and they're best friends again and they fall out with each other, but then they're, they're good friends and they tease falling out with each other. And it's just like, oh, uh, I've, I've spent my days with children doing this. I want to this on my wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> really this safe. is like
2: the worst version of all of the Sasha feuds in NXT where she kept betraying mm. her friends. This is the yeah. terrible version where they're both good guys, except Sasha is clearly an awesome tweener or heel and she should mm. just be that.
1: Yeah, they're turning everyone else badass. Turn these horsewomen badass. Ready <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> for the uh, for the uh, MMA horsewomen fight they're gonna have. Then want...
2: everyone. taking two of your best women's wrestlers on RAW and putting them in a tag team when there's no tag team division. I mean, <laughs> yes. you're just taking two of your best wrestlers out of the singles uh, event, right? So hmm. now you're left with Alexa and Nia and two Ronda. So you have like three people that are you know somewhere between mediocre and god awful. In your main event over and over, it's terrible. This is how mm. you end up with Ronda versus Natalia as a main event because you won't let Sasha and Bailey wrestle for real stakes.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's odd. <laughs> odd. Uh, yeah, I've decided I've mentally moved on.
2: <laughs> it's calmed down and everything. <laughs> I've <laughs> mentally moved yeah. on from them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At half past two, my brain's gone. No, I've had enough of that. <laughs> Done. All right. So my Christmas spirit is now taking me on to the next award, which is the worst talky bit of the year. This was a. The talkie bits were a feature on my columns back in the day. Hey, <laughs> in he get injections in his butt. <laughs> it's right, so, so uh, Bobby Lashley's sisters. The segment which made, which helped me not watch WWE for three months. Woo-hoo. I was done after that. Uh, That's impressive. So four old men got wheeled out in the Raw main event to promote Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia, and they got nothing. <laughs> no reaction. Uh, Dean Ambrose gets injections in the butt, and Ronda Rousey's the Millennial Man promo. What is uh. that? So uh, if you've not seen that one, it was to oh, do is that what with
2: talking
0: shit about Becky.
1: Yes, and it was in the build-up to uh, Survivor Series, if I'm right. And she was calling her a Millennial, uh, and she just, like, just called it like you are the Millennial Man with your tight oh. jeans, and your... <laughs> she, <laughs> everyone she going got
2: torched in that promo exchange, if I recall. Yeah,
1: <laughs> everyone's going, Ronda's, Ronda's two days younger than lynch <laughs>
2: <laughs> what are you talking well, about millennial is an attitude not an age
1: <laughs> but it felt like an older man angry at the youth had written it <laughs> it was just like uh yeah it wasn't a great promo i'll be it honest almost like got, there's an angry old man writing all their promos Who would have sunk <laughs> it would seep into the show Who would have noticed uh but yeah, um apparently Rhonda rousey has been given some creative reign on to write her own stuff. I don't know if that was before or after this promo. So yeah, but her writing some of her own stuff has naturally made her more unlikable. <laughs> so it's just like it's really weird. Normally when you give people like you allow them to portray a bit more of their actual personality on television, they become more likable. Not in Rhonda's case.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it's a bit of a mixed bag. Like, sometimes she's incredibly unlikable when she's railing against people that you do like, and then sometimes she comes out and she's like, I'm a badass fucking fighter. Like, let's get a match going. And I'm like, yeah, let's get a match going. That's great. <laughs> mm. As opposed to Brock, who wins the title and hides for six months at a time. Yeah, that's great.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, in terms of my worst talky bit, there was nothing that I could find that was like Tamina last year. Was like, no, you look like James Ellsworth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wasn't there that Bailey This is your life segment that you that you loved? Oh yeah from last year, yeah. That it was a great year last year.
2: <laughs> did did that one win? or what no, it was
1: the gender. it was the gender uh thing. Right? You gave it you gave it to Tamina. <laughs> Tamina? Yeah. A, it made you laugh so much and I you mean, made that you so was many times.
2: This is just sad. The Bobbly bubbly yeah. Lashley.
1: <laughs> yeah, bubbly Lashley. Way more fun to say. <laughs> yeah. So bubbly Lashley's sisters. Yeah, again. That segment, after I watched that, I stopped watching, and I didn't touch Raw until, like, a couple of weeks before SummerSlam. To be fair, I was also covering the G1 Climax every single match for Laws of Pain. So, Mm. it's good I wasn't watching WWE. I was busy, (laughs) but still, I didn't watch WWE for three months after that segment. It was like, what is this shit? (laughs) I'm just done. (laughs) No. Uh, Yeah, yeah, this is what happens
2: when you give a 12-minute pre-made like segment and not just like here's a mic talk for six minutes. This is like a huge segment to a guy who literally can't talk and has literally no charisma. That's yeah. the result.
1: <laughs> like it's like the only it was so bad. Like Sami Zayn, I think the injured by like, both of his arms, if I'm right, or something like that, to have surgery on both of them or at least one of them. <laughs> like that was a good thing. Because <laughs> it ended this <laughs> it ended whatever that was. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so that's, that's the reason I voted for it. It's depressing, <laughs> isn't what it is what its It oh. was just bad. It was bad
2: and boring, and you know it explains why Bobby Lashley has no reaction and nobody cares, despite the fact that apparently he was great in TNA. How did that happen?
1: Yeah, they essentially gave him a really cool Brock Lesnar gimmick in a way, like the UFC proper fighter. They called him the Destroyer, and they booked him like Brock Lesnar in a way, He's like a dominant uh-huh. champion. He won every single belt at one point. The big difference is he was there, so he felt dominant. He got it all the time. <laughs> and they had MVP talking for him. Uh, for a bit. Well, this was, uh, he actually became good after MVP by himself oh. somehow. When he's feuding with like EC3 and, uh, I guess, Kurt Angle. Oh, he better Kurt Angle. That doesn't that doesn't hurt. <laughs> he's putting <laughs> you over. <laughs> but, but yeah, then he came to WWE and he was a mix between Roman Reigns and Bot Lesnar's characters in a way. But they had a Roman Reigns and a Bot Lesnar, so he, he, they. Got they signed Bobby Lashley and they weren't going to let him do his gimmick, so that was odd. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, I'm happy to announce the talky bit of the year is longer than the worst talky bit. <laughs> so well done. So my pick, I'm going to say that straight out. Uh, Daniel Bryan's the new Daniel Bryan. I thought that was amazing. Uh, Dean Ambrose when he sat on a car by a fire. I actually enjoyed that one. <laughs> Uh, Samoa Joe's drink responsibly, Jeff, when he was the barman. <laughs> that was brilliant. Uh, Sunske Nakamura in his interviews with René Young and the sorry, no-speak English. <laughs> they Those ones are
2: walking a fine line.
1: <laughs> I found them hilarious. <laughs> his delivery. <laughs> I really like that. Uh, Seth Mullins with his Everything Sucks promo. Uh, Evolution's return on SmackDown 1000 with the whole Batista Triple H thing. And... Pick one of the Becky Lynch and Charlotte promos, just any of them <laughs> they've all been really good. <laughs> just any you can even pick Charlotte Lynch and Asuka from the hott TLC. that was also really good. just they're so full of character they are just oh they're <laughs> so white hot right now. um an honorable mention to uh, the bar and the Usos rap battle <laughs> because the bar legitimately had me laughing. <laughs> it's just they were so bad it was hilarious <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. Um, and Orton and his stuff with Jeff Hardy—they weren't technically talky bits, but I wanted somewhere to mention it <laughs> because his attacks on Hardy were really, really good. And had so much character, and him fingering his ear hole <laughs> and everything was whoa, really, whoa,
0: really <laughs> PG show.
1: <laughs> it was really disgusting, <laughs> but it, uh, yeah, it, it made a mark. But uh, yeah, but and it, this is it's not. Yeah. yeah. So I've
2: think it's Daniel Bryan.
1: Yeah, yeah so that's why I announced it before I went through the list. <laughs> like it was <laughs> so good. And like everything to do with the oh I not don't know what he said, but I was gonna say the cryo chamber where <laughs> he was getting his uh yeah. uh freezings done and he, they sent him crazy like he's a comic book villain and <laughs> I really like that. And his I care about the environment, therefore I am better than you It's just like, oh so I like one of those things where vegans who do that in real life really grind me. <laughs> but uh, Daniel Bryan knowing exactly how far to push it to irritate people, it's like, oh, you're the perfect vegan, Daniel. <laughs> like, you know how to piss people off with veganism. <laughs> well done. And the
2: thing is, he, he was the biggest face when he came back, and he was the biggest mm. face the night before he turned. And he... I mean... I. I don't, he didn't turn on AJ, I don't think. Like He took a cheap shot as a way to win a championship, which happens, and people don't necessarily turn heel over it. He turned heel by that one promo. That one mm-hmm. promo completely turned him, and the crowd that went from wanting to cheer him no matter what will now boo him no matter what. That's how good it was.
1: Yeah, it's Daniel Bryan, for goodness sake, these <laughs> <laughs>
2: It is oh. so crazy that he had to start on the ghetto crappy version of NXT with the Miz as his <laughs> mentor. <laughs> and people were like, oh, he can wrestle but he's too short. Oh, he can wrestle and maybe he's not too short, but he can't talk. Okay, he can wrestle and he can talk. And maybe being short doesn't matter. You know what? Fuck it, we'll just put the belt on him. It's fine. <laughs> and you know what? It's been great.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Danny Bryan. <laughs> it oh, it's been it's been so good. I'm really looking forward to it. Twenty nineteen. Bye. So you've got a choice, Vern. Either you decide you'll go back to NXT Award now, or we take an ad break, and you do it immediately after a little bit of thought.
2: Um, I have a list, but I Ooh. will I, I will Skype you the list while
1: we go to ad break, and then right. uh, we can talk about it, and I'll let you pick first. Right. So, yeah, so I'm going to take a quick little ad break. I'm going to refill my pint. Oh, I have a pint of water. It's a pint what? of water. Oh, uh-huh, <laughs> water. uh-huh. It's yeah. like
2: two in the morning over
1: there. It better not be here. <laughs> it's Christmas burn. What do you mean you stop drinking <laughs> at point?
2: First it's like two days after Christmas.
1: <laughs> well, I'm having two Christmases, so that's the thing. Just <laughs> excuse. My brother's away in America, so we are legitimately having two Christmases, one when he gets back and one this week. <laughs> so, yeah, split it in two. Anyway, I'm going to get more water, and we're taking that break, so see you in about five seconds and enjoy listening to an advert about in- insurance. I don't know what the American adverts are, but it's in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Right, so, Burns List. Do you want to read it out, or do you want me to pick one on this? Ooh. Oh, You're that's in British, you have the announcer voice. <laughs> right, so, you, Ruby... You should R- read everything. <laughs> Ruby Riot, Cien Almas, or Tyler Breeze? Hmm. It's odd actually because I, I think Tyler Breeze could set a precedent. In well, actually, I think I think we talked about this on email. Unless I talked to someone else, Did But I really like the idea of Tyler Breeze answering every single open challenge. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so for those that don't watch NXT or haven't kept up, uh, Ricochet had an open challenge for his well. William Regal forced him into an open challenge basically for his North American championship and Tyler Breeze answered and they had a killer match. Great match. The crowd was insane for Tyler, like chanting you're not gorgeous at ricochet, just going crazy. Like the old Bailey chants. how creative those were. It was awesome to see him actually get to wrestle again, to wrestle like an 18 minute championship match. Uh, And the thing is like, after his first month in WWE, he basically didn't do anything until his fashion files with Fandango and those fashion files are basically just like WWE exclusives at this point. And now that Fandango has been hurt, Tyler Breeze hasn't been on TV. It's so stupid. He got squashed in a minute by, by uh, Dean Ambrose the other night, but like he's just wasted. He's so wasted. And the the difference between him and like sending Sasha back who I had on the list for like two seconds is that Sasha had a story arc and Sasha had a title run so, going back is a demotion for her. But Tyler never really had that big arc and he never had that championship run. So, Tyler going back could have those things and be like the centerpiece of a three, six month program and a rehabilitate,
1: re- re- wow. re- never <laughs>
2: struggled with a word that way, rehabilitate his image uh, in a way that those guys and girls could not. Um, Andre Cien Almas, I'm just throwing him right back into NXT because <laughs> He was amazing in NXT, and he was really developing his character, and he got called up, and he could be awesome on the main roster, but really doing that yet. And I appreciate the slow burn, but, like, the slow burn requires some wins, occasionally, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Ruby Riot, because kind of the same thing, where she keeps getting matches, but she keeps losing to Natalia, which is just fucking stupid and a waste of time and, and uh, her faction. So, And realistically, her faction is basically just Ruby Riot and two people who stand around and interfere in matches. So uh, I think all three of those are pretty valid. What do you think?
1: I'm going to go with Breeze in a Tyson Kidd kind of way.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that would be my thinking. Oh, Although I don't, I don't wow. want his character... Wow, what a throwback. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was awesome with Tyson Kidd, where he, he was on the main roster now and then, but in NXT he was kind of reinventing his character at the same time. With Breeze, I wouldn't mind him being like a low-level main roster guy if he gets to kick ass on NXT as well. Like yeah. uh, but he does not have to be on every show. He can be like the veteran that pops up for takeovers or big <laughs> matches or something. Yep. But, yeah, it, they're not going to use him on the main roster apart from the jobber stuff, so why not? And he's respected in NXT. He felt like a yep. hero's welcome. <laughs> it was a big moment. Yep, I agree with
2: Breeze I think he'd be a perfect call down I think all three of those would be good But Breeze would have the biggest impact And it would help him the most on the main roster If he could just go back for three or six months Maybe win the NXT Championship Or maybe just have some awesome matches with You know, Aleister Black And then come back up Imagine that contrast Is there a bigger (laughs) contrast between two wrestlers Than Aleister Black and Tyler Breeze? (laughs)
1: That's a really good point (laughs) Let me hold him to say
2: Oh my god, Tyler Breeze and Velveteen Dream Gimme, 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 (laughs) gimme
1: Right, so now we're going to move on to the big guns. We've got worst match of the year, match of the year, oh. and then women's superstar of the year and men's superstar of the year. Yeah, i stuck with the WWE terminology, call them superstars. So, <laughs> here we go.
2: <laughs> well, these are all WWE matches
1: anyway, so whatever. <laughs> so, worst match of the year. Managed to limit it to seven, <laughs> which I think is way longer than last year's. So, let's give it a go. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe from Backlash.
2: You are Jeff lucky Hard- nobody is listening to this is. or else
1: they would murder you over these Roman picks. <laughs> That's it. That's, Roman's off the list. There's no one else there. <laughs> <No more laughs> right, uh, Jeff Hardy versus Jinder Mahal from the Greatest Royal Rumble, a.k.a. The Ghost Whisper. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. Uh, Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins, the Iron Man match from Extreme Rules. Plan will kill me for you that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brie Bella versus Maurice from the September 11th SmackDown Live. Oh, the main <laughs> evented. The
2: apology of that match
0: on September 11th.
1: <sighs> uh, <laughs> luckily, hopefully, not many people listen to this show during the holidays, <laughs> including Roman Reigns and 9/11 jokes. <laughs> they all
0: oh,
1: oh. Right, uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker and Kane from Crown Jewel, and. Jinder Mahal versus Noé Jose from the November 26th (laughs) Raw. Jinder Mahal makes the list twice. This
2: is really a question of two definitions, right? Is it Mm. the match that so blew away your expectations in a negative way that it becomes (laughs) one of the worst matches of the year? Or is it the fact that there was a match with two performers
1: who have so little talent that Mm. the match was terrible? Yes, I went with the latter obviously in Brie Bella and Maurice it was, Ouch. Yeah, it, it's one of those where it's like that main event is <laughs> thank god oh, what an odd time for <laughs> that main event uh, yeah. but the one that disappointed me the most was Reigns versus Joe how, but I didn't watch Crown Jewel I actively avoided it <laughs> so I don't really know how bad that one was yeah, I've seen I'm, gifts. I've seen botchamania. <laughs> I, I don't missed mean, three yeah. or four months of
2: WWE this year because I just have to take some amount of time off, especially after the Rumble because WWE gets so bad. So I mm. didn't see that Roman Reigns uh, Samoa Joe match either. I saw Roman and Brock, and it was bad. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Hardy and Jinder Mahal. Uh, I didn't watch the Greatest Royal Rumble because it's stupid, and I refuse. Um, but Jinder Mahal being on this list twice is pretty perfect. <laughs> <laughs> We're, any match with Brie Bella is automatically a contender for worst match of the year because she's basically skinny Nia Jax at this point. Every once she wrestles, she hurts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but my pick is actually the Triple H, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker and Kane match. That match was so full of botches. <laughs>
0: it should never have happened.
2: All of those guys were wiped out, out of shape, except Triple H, who hurt him, who got injured. That match is yeah. terrible. And the thing is, like, that's that's the first category that I mentioned, right, where, like mm. – Oh, it should it have even been good? All of those guys are like a hundred years old. Should it have even been good? No, they should just never have been wrestling. That's terrible. Mm. Like yeah. Rebel and Maurice, you know it's not gonna be good because
1: it's Brie you know, Bell and Maurice. <laughs> yeah. and
2: Maurice was always okay as a wrestler, but not great. She just had the mm. era where she looked better compared to everyone else because everyone was terrible. And Brie Bella is like one of the three worst women's wrestlers of all time. So that the match should always have been terrible. But like the reason they put this Triple H Shawn Michaels match on the on the on the crown jewel was because of the name value, and that name value did not work out because that match was full of botches and boring and slow and poorly planned. And then Triple H blew out his pectoral. So, yeah. I'm going with that match.
1: <laughs> uh, no, I'm I perfectly fine with your dude in that one. <laughs> it's just. Uh, there
2: is a, there's a uh, wealth of choices here.
1: <laughs> it's like every single one of them is like a hard hitter. It's like, oh, yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but match of the year, again, is longer. Because, again, with the worst match of the year, forgettable matches, surprisingly, I forget. <laughs> Which is just uh, just like in NXT, the tag team, Forgotten Sons. I keep forgetting their names.
2: <laughs> so about I saw them on them. NXT, and I'm like, oh, my God. What the first of all i don't know who two of these people are but Mm. i just want my dubstep cowboys back like get out of that stupid group go join (laughs) buddy murphy
1: (laughs) buddy murphy's kicking ass as well (laughs) go join
2: him wesley blake
1: (laughs) i don't think he could fit as a cruiserweight though Uh, (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's looking a little soft is all i'm saying (laughs) right so match of the year so that yeah let's get I don't know what I was pausing to say there. (laughs) I thought something would come in and nothing did. No, (laughs) it's dramatic. Yeah. So, the men... I tried to put this in date order to kind of, like, put some form of form there, I guess. You picked
2: twice. You cheat.
1: I picked more than twice. I picked three times. I couldn't decide. (laughs) So, my first pick, (laughs) the men's Royal Rumble match... Then there's the Raw Seven-Man Gauntlet, with Seth Rollins going on for over an hour on the February 19th Raw. Uh, Charlotte Flair versus Asuka from WrestleMania. Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon from WrestleMania. Seth Rollins versus The Miz from Backlash. Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens from the August 27th Raw. Uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose versus Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre from Hell in a Cell. Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy from Hell in a Cell. Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair, Last Woman Standing from Evolution. That's my other pick. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar from Survivor Series. And Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair versus Asuka from TLC, which is also one of my picks because I couldn't decide. <laughs> I got three. So
2: are we just excluding NXT because also, uh, NXT matches?
1: So uh, two weeks ago, I randomly decided on the day to do, because I've been covering um, the WWE Network every week, so the four shows are on the wonderful Network Wednesdays <laughs> on WWE with their four shows, 2NXT two, two UK, 2 or Five Live, and NXT itself. So I've tried to watch all of them by this show and specifically been covering those four shows. So I did a special Network Awards like two or three weeks ago. Again, ah. Again, the christmas mucks up time so it's either two or three weeks i'm not sure it's one of those two but yes i've done a specific nxt kind of awards thing where
2: because the three best matches of the year were all nxt matches oh yeah that that was
1: so bloody difficult
2: (laughs) (laughs)
0: we can decide
2: january was almost versus gargano like literally the best match of the year
0: yeah and that was
2: january (laughs) and since then we've had like a million amazing gargano Champa matches yeah. Uh,
1: Velveteen Dream versus Black was incredible. Yeah, I, like I wrote on the notes, I was like I've managed to get it down to eleven matches, <laughs> <laughs> and then I was going back and forth constantly. <laughs> I think I gave it to uh, Champo and Gargano their first match from New Orleans. Yeah, uh, the
2: unfiction match.
1: Yeah, which was amazing, but there was so. Same... I... Many fantastic matches. I
2: literally just rewatched that like two days ago because I was like, man, that match is so good. Like, Choppa's just sitting there soaking up the booze with his no music and doing like the Gargano pose and then Gargano's music hits and that crowd just goes nuts. Um, Yeah, your list is really good and it's hard to argue with any of these picks because they're all amazing matches. Um, I would only add probably uh, Charlotte and Ronda. Oh, of course, yes. I
1: I really good. That match,
2: was, that match was really good, and then the finish was amazing.
1: Yeah, and yes, and Charlotte's been amazing ever since as well. With, with <laughs> the, with the twist that happened, but, yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, and honestly, maybe I'm the only person who doesn't love this match. I thought it was fine, but the Daniel Bryan Brock Lesnar match, like Brock murders him, and then Daniel Bryan gets the low blow, and he runs around, and then he gets murdered again. <laughs> that's that's the match. It's like okay, cool. Mm. This is exactly what we knew was going to happen.
0: So uh, I wasn't eh. sure
1: about maybe putting Bryan and Styles on, but I'm not sure how the show felt. It was an odd pay per view in terms of momentum during it. If that makes any sense, TLC. Uh, I enjoyed Styles versus uh, Daniel Bryan, but there was the, the momentum around the thing. I don't know if the, if the matches around it made it feel better than it was. <laughs> That's why I've not included it. it Who was in this Raw Seven Man Gauntlet match? So it was. Uh, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, uh, Seth Rollins, that's four. Oh, God, I can't remember. Maybe Dolph Ziggler <laughs> <laughs> or someone. Oh, uh, Elias and a seventh person, who I can't remember. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, that sounds pretty good. I, I should probably re- go back and read. Oh,
1: 100% a watch it. It's it, like for, um, on a, a random Monday Night Raw, Seven Man Gauntlet, Seth Rollins. or oh, John Cena, he was the last person. Ah, wow. there he we was.
0: Yes. Yeah,
1: so, yeah. Uh, gauntlets are like basically
2: the best thing in wrestling, other than the Royal Rumble. So uh, the women's gauntlet a couple weeks ago, even though Natalya won and that is horrible, was actually really fun. Uh, and then yeah, this gauntlet's probably
1: awesome as well, from what it, it sounds it, like. Yes, I highly recommend. <laughs> I those, love that, that you have
2: so. Seth on here like four times and AJ oh. Styles is not on here at all. That's just that's well, not I'm, your fault.
0: That's WWE's yeah.
1: fault. <laughs> Like Again, like my biggest note is with Styles Nakamura, is when I was doing my uh, like worst-case scenario predictions for their last man standing match, I jokingly predicted that they'd both kick each other in the nuts and stay down for the 10 count. <laughs> and they did!
0: <laughs> it's just,
1: like, no. I should never have been right about that. I was joking. <laughs> and then they did it. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm
0: going to
2: go with recency bias and say Becky, Charlotte, Asuka, TLC. That match was crazy. I thought... I thought Charlotte had broken ribs after Becky landed on her off that mm. leg drop. That was nuts. Mm. I and mean, then she just wrestled like it was fine after that. Everyone just took monster bombs. The match was super fun. Ronda's interference at the end was like classic attitude era WWE. It came mm. out of nowhere, but it makes perfect sense. I love that match. Everything about it was great.
1: Oh, and it, it gave birth. It was a fantastic match. However, the game gave birth to a, a hilarious gif. Where um, Charlotte, where she charges into Asuka when Asuka's up against the barricade. Yeah. Um. I didn't notice this because I was watching Charlotte, like, screaming at the audience. But if you watch Asuka, she's trying to, like, because she's been just been destroyed. She's trying to, like, slide down and just, like, they're like, oh, I'm out of it. I'm going to slide <laughs> the down. But she can't because of Charlotte's chest. And <laughs> she kind of gets caught. It's <laughs> really funny. <Wow. laughs> Oh, I found that hilarious. <laughs> I didn't know because I was watching it the second time because it was such a good match. <laughs> was just like I did not notice that the first time. <laughs> that was hilarious.
2: It's uh, for the best.
1: <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was one of my three matches of the year. <laughs> yeah. You only I, have two listed. What's your third? Uh, Lynch versus Flair, the Last Woman Standing, and the Men's rumble Match.
2: Oh. Right. Oh. Nope. Yeah. I see it. Wow. <laughs> this cheater can't even pick a match. You know what? No, pick a match. Pick one.
1: Uh, the uh men's Voy rumble. Oh, oh, I don't I don't like it.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: men's, it men's already
0: rumble. feels bad. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I'll say the men's rumble because it really does rank up there as one of the best rumbles ever, and it's my one of my favourite matches of the year. It's always fun, and this version was just butched to that to, uh, character and momentum perfection. So like with the Heath Slater thing in the early stages, uh, and Elias being like the perfect number as well. Uh, Baron Corbin getting eliminated early and destroying everybody in anger—that <laughs> worked really well. <laughs> uh, the final thing where it was the three new guys and the three old guys—that yeah. was an amazing spot. Uh, and then Shinsuke winning was the perfect winner in terms of like, like the momentum of the match as well. So like there was not, nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I can't I can't say. And the NXT uh, ones on there as well, like Adam Cole and yeah. CN, like, yep. they were perfect picks for Pops. Perfect picks for Pops, that's easy to say at 3am. <laughs> yeah, it's super yeah. easy. Ah. Yeah.
2: That's, it's a great match for sure. The right guy won, and the three-on-three like new guys, old guys, was exactly how this, uh Survivor Series match from last year should have gone, but it went the exact opposite <laughs> way.
1: Oh, super Shane McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> super Shane McMahon, Whereas
2: you know Bobby Roode and Finn get like eliminated immediately.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and the crowd were hot for the, like those younger guys that they're getting to see for the first time, like Nakamura, Roode, and Bala. And like, nope, off you pop. Nope. <laughs> this is about we're Triple, H get H Triple H
2: and, H. H and Braun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that was. I will say the best thing to come out of that was Triple H is selling afterwards, where it was, like, just, just stumbling all over the place and definitely <laughs> man like trying to keep him. Because once Triple
2: on H got those. his rub, he'll give someone else a rub.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway,
2: <laughs> there are no daddy issues involved at all in like the Shane and Triple H booking. No daddy issues.
1: Uh, it's one of those things that bites itself. In the son who went away, and then he comes back, and his father's got a new son. <laughs> <laughs> it bites itself.
2: I honestly don't think Shane gives a shit though. I think Shane does it because hmm. he loves the business and because it's part of his blood. And I don't, yeah. I don't think he does it at all to actually like prove anything to Vince. He left for a reason
1: yeah that's kind of my and he and he he gave it a really good go in what in the, the chinese Watson in Madrid <laughs> that ended up failing but he <laughs> he, <laughs> he did well for a while uh anyway the final two categories Da-da. I wanted to I, I came close to putting these two together but then I thought actually you know what these people need chowfels themselves so I will split it by gender still come next year maybe that won't be a thing we'll have to see like it's it's that conversation of should the women and the men be ranked equally or are they still in their like separate categories so I for now they're still in the separate categories but come next year maybe not that's what I'm so I think I just repeated myself in a more inform- informational way <laughs> second time so that'll be uh, so the women's superstar of the year rookie Ronda Rowdy <laughs> <laughs> I really did rookie rookie Rowdy Ronda Rowdy oh that's easy you say Oh, uh, <laughs> Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, or Asuka. And uh, what, <sighs> I feel like there are others I might be missing, but like maybe like a honourable mention to Carmelo who gave it a good try and put in a good match at SummerSlam, and then Dancers with Our Truth, and somehow that's <laughs> over. <laughs>
2: so, yeah, that. and I don't think Asuka can be on this list just because she, she won the Rumble and she had the belt for a couple months and then she dropped it to Charlotte and did nothing for six months. So uh, um, Yeah,
1: because after the match at WrestleMania, she was gone. Sec- well, she was there. She was <laughs> there, unfair. but not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> and she was
2: just with Naomi. They were hanging out.
1: Yeah, oh, and the, the stuff you missed, if I'm right. Uh, she, um, had, she was a challenger against Carmella and they came up with different ways for Carmella to beat her. I was just like, oh, "Oh, this is this is not. The Ellsworth bullshit, yes. Yeah. (laughs) But then in the end, Asuka was just revitalized with the whole Becky Lynch Flair thing. They just brought back Asuka as if nothing had happened.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Apparently, (laughs) apparently it's because when Becky was like standing in front of all the other people when she was hurt and she like
0: was Uh, like, oh, are
2: you gonna be the challenger? You be the challenger? And like, Asuka got the by far the biggest pop, like way bigger than Charlotte. Apparently, Vince was backstage. He's like, people like Asuka. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yes, people like Oscar Vince.
1: <laughs> yes, this is the era of, Japan, of uh, like Japanese wrestlers. <laughs> we like Asuka. She yeah. was
2: undefeated for like three years. Yes, people want to see her kick ass.
1: Yeah, <laughs> And I'm really interested. I don't know where it's going now with SmackDown because, again, even though Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey is the money match, I'm still expecting them to put Charlotte in there somehow. I like it. I think that's a
2: totally think- fine triple threat i mean well, charlotte absolutely. fits with becky and charlotte fits with ronda like
1: just do it. It, uh, it yeah it's one of those ones where i'd like the spotlight to be on becky more where if charlotte's there the spotlight's taken off a little bit however it would be a very very good match <laughs> so it's i'm caught in two minds the character thing or the match thing uh, yeah that, that, that's the decision i'm making in my head because you'll get more emphasis on character if it's just becky and ronda and I think you're
2: should. slightly less likely to see that match as the main event, which it should be if it's a triple yeah. threat.
1: Um, I think you're more
2: likely to see it if it's a one-on-one match as the main event, just because that's a traditional yeah. WrestleMania thing. But the match is going to be better if it's a triple threat. And it makes perfect storyline <laughs> sense, and that's the only time you're going to get
1: it. So just do it. But for that to um, the other question, who does Ask a face if it's not Charlotte? I mean, Naomi. Oh, that'll be... a. <laughs> big,
2: <laughs> big <laughs> bout.
1: <laughs> With Naomi turning heel, because you're not turning Asuka heel.
2: <laughs> you like the, we're friends and we're going to have a challenge for it, right?
1: Oh, we're gonna, oh, like a jolly good 50 cuffs, yes. yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't always have to be face versus heel, right? Just most of the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, like a, like a jolly um, good spot.
2: Yeah. We've been skipping actual women superstar of the year.
1: Oh, we're <laughs> talking
2: about other things. <laughs> no, no, no no, no we're not missing oh. anyone. I'm saying we just didn't announce your pick.
0: Oh oh yeah,
2: uh, Becky Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird it's because really both the women's superstar of the year and the men's superstar of the year both none of them are perfect candidates. Like I think last year AJ was pretty perfect. He yeah. was just like the obvious pick, right? But nobody's really the obvious pick. Like Becky's had a phenomenal year and made herself into the biggest women's wrestler in the world, but she wasn't the biggest wrestler in the world six months ago.
1: Yeah, it was like, um, at least like SummerSlam is where it happened. I guess the build to SummerSlam, if you want to include that as well. But before then, she wasn't really featured. She was no. in the Battle Royal, not really doing anything. She wasn't in the last lot, if I'm right, as well. But she, yeah, I think she, she got eliminated got... halfway through going. Yep. <laughs>
2: yep, she got eliminated halfway through the Royal Rumble, the Women's Royal Rumble. She wasn't in the WrestleMania, any Re- WrestleMania women's title match. I mean, she didn't have a great first half of the year, and then she exploded like a supernova. So the question is, like, do you place more value on their peak and where they are now, or do you place more value on, like, a year, 12 months' worth mm-hmm. of work? Because if you
1: value yeah. 12 months' worth of work, maybe you don't like her, but the answer is Charlotte, because Charlotte I say, always yeah.
0: wins.
1: <laughs> I won, uh, Rich Lassa put out an amazing column this week. About Charlotte Flair being like the unsung hero. And, again, I've realised I've nicked his title for the award. even because my mind. <laughs> but yeah, the unsung hero what Charlotte Flair is, who, where she's had an amazing year. But of course Becky Lynch is going to be everyone's like choice and plaudits. But Flair had amazing matches with Rousey. Then she did all right trying to get stuff out of Carmella, broke her boobs, came back, and an amazing match with uh, Carmella and Lynch, and then amazing matches with Lynch, and then. The um, of course, the stories within that are well being fantastic, and the match with Rousey was uh, like just uh, Charlotte. Was the like, match, yeah, yeah. I think like Charlotte, really her character really came alive in the Ronda Rousey match, and for me, the most interesting thing was what he was setting up for the future. It's like WWE not just doing an awesome match in the moment and uh, an, an awesome little character twist, but it creates so much intrigue for the future. <laughs> it's just like, oh, like Charlotte Flair has actually has an amazing year in terms of quality. So.
2: Yeah, I think the answer is Charlotte. Becky had a better peak, but Charlotte has been like a B plus, A minus for
1: 12 months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like there's a reason she's continuously getting these opportunities. She's very, very (laughs) good.
2: (laughs) It turns out she's really good at wrestling.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) And now Uh, she has some character.
1: Yeah, so yeah, so perfectly fine with her getting those spots again. Uh, I don't know if we'll get Asuka versus... Charlotte two at WrestleMania, or we'll get the triple threat. Edel. We're getting the triple threat. We better get the triple threat. <laughs> right, the men's superstar of the year. So don't forget, this is excluding the tour five live lots. So there'll be no Mustafa Ali, there'll be no Champa or Gargano or whatever. It's just specifically <laughs> the main roster, and it's a lot easier than it is with the NXT one. I was I, I stuttered all over that for like five minutes trying to pick someone from NXT. <laughs> just not do it. But the Men's Superstar of the Year, the main roster Men's Superstar of the Year, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, The Miz, Daniel Bryan, Braun Strowman, and Roman Reigns. So I will say, Roman is an odd one where I felt like he was hitting a groove just as reality struck out of nowhere. Um, Braun Strowman was also hitting a weird groove and then creative muddled about with him constantly. So really weird. He was white hot, like random points. Oh, Honourable mention to Elias, who was <laughs> gone so over, and as we said earlier, with the, like, the supernatural face turn. I don't mean supernatural as in the supernatural. <laughs> I mean, as in it was really natural. It's <laughs> the opposite of what that word actually means. Yeah, it was a really natural uh, turn into becoming a face character. Uh, but the issue is when he wrestled.
2: <laughs> <But if> he... <laughs> the only <laughs> issue is when he wrestled. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> So, yeah, if you with his, his actual character and his act is super over, and he's uh, that's really entertaining to watch. And I think, as you said earlier, with that is stuff with Bobby Lashley when he's taking the piss out of Rush. It's really entertaining. But when Dolph Ziggler and Elias had a match in the UK on the night Raw, the crowd chanted "boring" and almost fell asleep. <laughs> we entered Headlock City. Not not great. <laughs> yeah, Headlock City. Uh.
2: Yeah, I mean they chanted boring at Seth too,
1: so. Oh yes, but <laughs> Seth, Seth always <laughs> got my pick anyway. <laughs> See, <laughs> that's <laughs> why it's not disqualifying. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I feel like AJ Styles has had a solid year, but he's been it's really odd. And when before you came, I was talking about how choosing like votes for team of people from like Raw is really weird because creative has been. So bad that there's no consistency, so you don't really know who to vote for in certain categories because it's kind of all over the place in terms of creative. However, well, the fact that the vote is an Ambrose story has been as coherent as it is is a miracle, <laughs> given the other creative issues. Uh, AJ Styles has had the creative ups and downs of like having to find an emotional ale, <laughs> as in not not ale, <laughs> an emotional ale to help him. Uh, Helping uh, like, uh, get the heat with his uh, opponent. <laughs> I cannot find the words Then, Like with Samoa Joe with the O oh, Wendy stuff. That was, to be fair, that was brilliant. She's getting like a with the punches to the dick. Uh, because Danny Bryan also That's toying with... Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, they're all toying with his emotions and stuff. But it's creative ways where AJ Styles is an amazing wrestler but we need certain ways for things to happen. The Miz has yet again just been solid. I don't know if he's had... Super a lot to do this year. Like he had a great first half when he was still feuding with Seth Rollins. Then they had the uh, fantastic blow off match at Backlash, highly recommended. If you've not seen that one, um, they yeah they stole the show with the opening match, and then it went downhill fast. <laughs> That's right. yeah. But great first match. <laughs> uh, but yeah, at WrestleMania as well. Miz entered as champion, and yeah, he felt like it felt like this was his reward for doing such a great job and he's done some great character work, and as Ben was saying earlier, he's kind of turning face, and he's, he's enjoyable to watch. So the yeah, Miz their lead-up
2: to Survivor Series with he and Brian was phenomenal, too, mm. where they kept agreeing and kind of turning, and then she's like, what's happening between these two? Are they frenemies now? And now <laughs> now they're just enemies and they're opposite alignment again, as the universe would mm. be. Uh, <laughs> I think that Miz is actually a really solid pick. He just doesn't have the match resume that, like, Seth Mm. or AJ will have because he's not Seth or AJ. He's just, like, a really good main roster WWE wrestler. He's not a generational Mm. talent like those guys. But night in, night out, who is
0: more consistently entertaining than The Miz?
1: Yeah, and uh, Seth Rollins has, like, the way he's been booked on Raw is the Mr. Monday Night Raw thing where he is the one who goes in and has that amazing match every single week or whenever he wrestles. He's had two big duds. So the Dolph Ziggler match, which I don't know if that's down to more the card order and the crowd getting tired. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so that match, the Iron Man match, I find that hard to kind of concentrate and watch. But also his match with Dean at TLC disappointed quite a lot of people, to which when I was talking about it on Twitter, my kind of status, my thinking was that was 100% down to card order. They put it late on, so you're expecting a brawl of sorts or a big fight. But the match they had was like an early mid-card match. So the placement was so wrong. <laughs> it would never have been there if it wasn't going to yeah, be. Yeah, it was just not <laughs> booked before.
2: correctly. Was, yeah, it was just covered and everyone has talked about. So yeah. I don't really blame Seth for that. The, the whole Seth-Ambrose-Seth and Dean feud has been going on for basically the entire year. Like, their friends, their enemies, the friends, their enemies. It's been great. And he's put on mostly great matches. So he's probably yeah. the strongest pick. But... Nobody's perfect this year, and if you pick AJ, and you mm. pick them is if you pick Daniel Bryan, who you know didn't start the year in, in WWE, so he gets you know penalized. But since he came back,
1: he's been by far the best, right? Apart from his feud with Big Cass, <laughs> which
2: he did what he could, man. What yeah, can you do fair. with that guy? <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> yeah. And Braun Strowman, like you said, has been white hot at times, but then also you know he. Turned heel on the Shield for no reason, and was really boring. And he stopped, you know, pushing trucks on people, and just started being a generic coward heel, despite being a monster. So, you know, W kind of crippled him when he had like a really great nine months, and then like a really bad three months. And then, you know, Ro- but, I don't, yeah. I don't even think you can put Roman on the list. And this isn't just Roman hate. This is the fact that literally he got booed out of the building at WrestleMania in the main event mm. again. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, yeah, maybe he started turning it around. What a coincidence when The Shield came back. What a shocker. But before that point, like, people would argue, oh, he's having good ma- matches and you're just not caring about it. Well, that's a problem. But also the fact that yeah. matches are only part of the equation and the fact that he has a terrible character and has terrible writing and is not great on the mic still, he's just not, I don't know. He, he didn't have enough of a good year, in my opinion, to be on this list. I think this list is, like, five people and Seth. It's between Seth, AJ, and The Miz, depending on what you value.
1: Yeah, well, yeah I've gone with Seth Rollins. It's not really much debate from, from me, really. Like Consistently throughout the year, when, with the whole mister Money Mullen-like Raw thing, he has been given lots of opportunities to have fantastic matches week, week after week after week after week, and like especially for the first half of the year. Well, actually, no, like, all the way to, I guess, Hell in a Cell, he was used as the white-hot opener. Way like, WrestleMania, his, uh, the Triple Fet match was the white-hot opener. Backlash against The Miz, white-hot opener. Again, uh, Hell in a Cell with, is uh, tagging with Dean Ambrose against Ziggler McIntyre, a white-hot opener. <laughs> and the running theme is all of those are Match of the Year candidates, or if not, like, honourable mentions or whatever. Like, he had an amazing consistency this year. But the big part being, he is one, I think, someone, uh, it might have been uh, Doc, who kind of dubbed it as Seth Rollins, yeah, I don't think it is, Doc. now I've said it. <laughs> one of the fellow people here on Northern Bane uh, well, are saying that Seth Rollins is actually the only consistently booked face character. Like, he's, the on Monday Night Raw, Seth Rollins is the only one who's been booked consistently throughout the year as a strong baby face and he's kind of flowed and it's made sense and he's we see, he's kept that momentum throughout the entire year. Like Everybody else has ebbed and flowed, but not Seth Rollins. Yep. He's the only yep. one. So he, he stands out because of that, <laughs> he's the I only mean, one they, he's not been. They off. pretty
2: clearly had the plan to to have Seth and Brock
1: somewhere down the line, or
2: Seth be the champ again, which mm. is good. Uh, <laughs> with this little detour aside, it's a good plan. Uh, the mm. problem is just this detour with his failed feud with Dean and how bad the storyline has been. Uh, yeah, might have derailed that and made them reconsider their plans. Um, yeah, I, I think Seth has been the most consistent, and the thing is, like he carries Raw because there's no Mm. Raw champion, right? Because Brock never shows up. So he carries Raw. He main events. He puts on the best match. He starts the show. Uh, He's the de facto heavyweight champion on the show. Uh, And he has carried that torch better than any other uh, top guy on Raw, at least in a long time.
1: Yeah, 100% agree. And I cannot wait for Brock Lesnar to be um, I think I put that in my uh, skits Uploaded here's <laughs> his uh, column thing with everybody's wishes for the next Joke. year with Christmas.
2: Joke's on you. Uh, we thought this last year and he signed another contract. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait for uh. that to come back. I mean, what, you're going to throw $10 million at me for me to show up eight times a year? Yeah, going to go ahead and sign that
1: contract. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I was laughing because when I was writing my, uh, The Story of Tanahashi, I came across Bot Lesnar in New Japan and when I was writing the words, they felt so familiar i <laughs> just saying that what lesnar was criticized for phoning it in these matches hmm, that sounds familiar But lesnar was paid loads of money for each each individual appearance my fun fact about that was uh he was paid so much and the gate for the show he appeared on was so low that they'd lost money so well done lesnar.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then he yeah, was also it, uh, w-, in, w theory
2: right like that yeah they went bankrupt
1: yeah, so uh, it rang so many similar bells. <laughs> Just the criticism of effort it was like, ah, nothing changes. Thirteen years later, <laughs> and he's still getting the same criticism. But for me, uh, the biggest thing with Brock Lesnar was the creative mishap of they wrote the story for Reigns to win at WrestleMania. The momentum all built to Reigns winning at WrestleMania, then he didn't.
0: And, <laughs> and, they were and just then Brock signed a new contract. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and then, so the, the whole momentum of Monday Night Raw's main event just stalled and didn't move until SummerSlam. It was <laughs> like that was months of nothing, and he knew sure. nothing was going to happen. <laughs> so, oh, what a shame. But Seth Rollins, meant to be a happy award. <laughs> it always <laughs> happens. <laughs> but yeah, Seth Rollins, amazing consistency throughout the year. Yes, he was given the opportunities, but that's kind of what happens with WWE, <laughs> where, well, especially with more. Where the whole brass ring thing but if you're consistently booked where you can't get the brass ring then only the ones who have been booked to can actually do it uh, that's all in True
2: story. Uh, way to channel CM Punk 8 years ago <laughs>
1: uh, uh, yeah. I, I swear I used to know that speech really really well <laughs> but at three, a half past 3 on a winter's night nothing <laughs> Not- I've grabbed
2: Punk. so many of Vincent K McMahon's brass uh, rings that uh, I don't even know what's real anymore <laughs>
1: Ah, oh, such a good line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was all
2: good. It was all amazing. I mean, <laughs> as good as all of these picks are, like, Punk's year is better than any of these guys' years, and Punk's promo is better than any promo given this year. Although Daniel Bryan's is close. It's not quite the pipe bomb.
1: Mm. But the women were the highlight this year. So we're like kind of uh, looking forward, as in to, into the future. The, the uh, one thing like in terms of WrestleMania... Uh, some I can't remember who it was. I think it was a former wrestler who was now a trainer or something. Uh, he made the point that he didn't feel that any of the men were had, had enough momentum or felt like they should re- main event WrestleMania. To which I think he was meaning as a kind of down things like like the men are they've been booked so badly, none of them feel like they should main event WrestleMania. But to me, the point made there is, well, Becky Lynch versus Von Ervaldi or with Flair intact, basically Becky Lynch should main event WrestleMania. Yes. That was on my skits wish list, which I bought of just a second ago. <laughs> did, he, you did, did, he, did he message you about that? I don't know if he did I that. did fill it out. My Christmas uh. or New Year's
2: wish was competition because WB ah, is yeah. only good when they have competition and they're feeling the heat.
1: So yeah.
2: I uh, wished for competition.
1: I did actually read that. Now you've said it. <laughs> rang a bell now? Uh, but yeah. Um, Gets a, um it like, specifically says like, last year I think I wrote like a pretty much a column <laughs> on each pick, like multiple paragraphs. It was like, Yeah, if just send me like less than five hundred words, please.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, one of the things that CM Punk used to say uh or said in one promo was back when he watched wrestling, WrestleMania was for the biggest stars, the biggest faces and the uh, biggest yeah. heels of the year. And the main event was the biggest face versus the biggest heel. And the problem is, if you want to talk about the men's wrestlers, they don't deserve it. And it's not their fault because they put on great matches, but like they just haven't been booked in a way where they should be main eventing, whereas the women have. And there's like five women you can make that argument for, but there's really no men. You can make the argument for Seth, maybe. But like, yeah, yeah. AJ was the champ for a long time, and all of his feuds were booked terribly. Uh, Brock Lesnar's mm-hmm. never on the show. Roman got hurt, and nobody wanted to see him in like a 400th. Main event except for Vince. Uh, And then Braun Strowman had his really bad three months. I mean, he could be rehabilitated, but, you know, is Seth versus Braun really something you want to watch at WrestleMania? I don't know. Whereas everyone wants one of those, like, combination of five women's matches to to be the main event. So, I mean, Mm. it's really obvious. I don't really understand how anyone can even argue at this point that the men should be main eventing.
1: The men should be main eventing.
2: Should not be main eventing. They should not be. (laughs)
1: Sort of check. I've actually understood your entire last yeah. paragraph.
2: <laughs> no one should be able to argue that yeah. the men should be main eventing, because they should not be, and that's not their fault. The performers are awesome. It's bad writing and bad booking.
1: Burns had a long, hard day at work. <laughs> he allowed to make verbal <laughs> mishap. Uh, uh,
2: like not being able to say rehabilitate.
1: Oh, you nailed it then. <laughs> <laughs> I told
2: you! This is not... This That was a random occurrence. That just, like, weird flickers in my brain. I don't
1: know. <laughs> right, so uh it's three thirty in the morning for me, so I think it's time to end this show. I've got a Tanahashi column to try and finish. <laughs> i don't it's not getting out, <laughs> I'm getting it out. uh no i'm I'm off a uh, uh, teacher there's no uh, teach there's no kids to teach <laughs> <laughs> <because> of
0: <Christmas.
1: laughs> yeah so Christmas is off uh, so i've got the third, hence the, why I was able to do such a stupidly long column for Tanahashi's like I wouldn't do anything. <laughs> I but, I to I'm it. gonna have to go read that because I am a
2: New Japan newbie, and as much as I like Kenny Omega, uh, I don't really know the history of a lot of those guys. So yeah, I will have to go read that because that sounds awesome.
1: Make uh, of... Jap-
2: Japanese John Cena,
1: right? That,
2: is that the is that the gist?
1: Uh, that's a I've, I've worded that as a good entrance point, but no. <laughs>
2: that... but, but no, because that's what I've read and that's what I've been told. But obviously, it's not going to be correct. Yeah,
1: the only similarity is top guy for ages. <laughs> and, oh, and the LOL Cena wins thing applies to the uh, Tanahashi as well. So, but it was LOL Tana wins.
2: <laughs> it was the same thing, <laughs> but not yeah. anymore. Because every time I read about his matches, he's losing. So, oh, it, he's it, doing what Cena should have done and putting people over.
1: Yes, yeah, putting them over the next generation. And yeah, the uh, the biggest difference is when Cena took over, WWE had just come out of a high and a bit of a low, but they are still really popular. When Tanahashi took over, the company almost died. Is that he saved the company. <laughs> so that's why, like, to to limit my 8,000 word column down to one sentence, like, the company nearly died, and without him, they might have done, like, properly died without Tanahashi. That, well, that is, is one of the reasons hook. why they, yeah, you that's why have they did that. <laughs> that's a really long title. <laughs> or he saved the story. It's totally done. worth it. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, not yeah. to go on too long of a tangent when you want to go to bed, oh, yeah. but uh, that whole Cena thing just kills me, right? So, because he apparently made an apology to The Rock, how he used to rail on him about going oh, Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's doing movies, and he's left WWE. He's like, oh, <laughs> guess I was wrong, guys. Whoops. And it just reminds me, because we were talking about Cena not putting people over, right? Like, mm. he had his open challenge, which is like the, the John Cena legacy. It's the best thing he ever did. But he kept beating everyone and not putting <laughs> anyone over on it. And then when he's finally into that age where, like, he saw his name value, but he shouldn't be winning matches, he should be putting over, he leaves for Hollywood. Thanks, guy. <laughs> So basically, you won all the matches and all the titles, and then you left before
1: you put anyone over. Cool. Mm. And he's got the the best sixth move of Doom ever. Does he? Uh, No, have uh, you not seen it? It's. Um,
2: I read about it, but I don't remember the details.
1: It's like he crosses his arm, like he's charging power, and then he just does like a whack
2: with That's his left awesome. arm, and down they go. Oh, whatever. <laughs> so you might as well. <laughs> it's not the springboard stunner. Come
1: on. <laughs> like uh after you've heard me describe it, I reckon you're gonna get a good hard laugh exactly from WrestleMania.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which of that. course you'll have a match for. Watch. Cena's gonna main event.
1: Book it. Oh, versus Undertaker. I'm doing it it's a year <laughs> long mark.
0: Tell me, me. Oh, <laughs> It was God.
1: the it was the teaser and they, this year we're getting the proper match where they both give everything they got. Unfortunately for Undertaker, there's not much left in the gas tank. There's really
2: nothing left. I love that there was a poll the other day that was like, should the Undertaker have one more match as the American badass? It's like, no, he should have negative 10 matches. He should go (laughs) back three years and erase all of those.
1: (laughs) For me, like, with uh, Roman Reigns, for me, I was like, yep. Even though I didn't enjoy the match, it felt like a really big uh, send-off for the Undertaker, and I was fine with it. But like, I don't know if he should have gone and win Bot Lesnar defeated him, as in no Bray Wyatt match or nothing after us, But it felt like a good send-off. Like a good thank you, in a way. And then he's back. And then this year has been not great for his reputation. That's great. <laughs> yeah, not great. I mean, like, a yeah. bit
2: like Jordan where nothing he does now is really going to affect what he did in the last 20 years. But I also don't want to watch him now. So, you know, just yeah. you're taking a spot from a guy that should be wrestling. You're taking Tyler Breeze's spot. Come on. Let yeah. the guy have his match.
1: Well, like, uh, one of the matches I watched for the, the current Tanahashi Coleman writing was him versus Kurt Angle from 2009. Ooh. And watching, it was like, yes, it's a very, very good match. It's not on New Japan World, <laughs> so I'm not going to link it. <laughs> but it was, like, seeing Kurt Angle then and seeing Kurt Angle now, it's, it's kind of like a, yeah. Oh, but, oh. Oh, he—he was so. Even though he was like not in a great place, he was really, really good. Still, it, was, it tells you how good he was. Was like even with, if he was in a really bad state, he wrestled like that. <laughs> it's just—it's insane to think about, like just it, how damn good he was.
2: It sucks mm. watching him now, and I love oh, Kurt yeah. Angle, always have since he came into WWE. But like, he should not be wrestling either. But WWE's mm. leaning on these old guys because they yeah. have failed to build their new guys, and you know. Around and around we go. We're going to beat this dead horse some more. Yeah, Guys, guys, this is your chance, right? (laughs) This is your chance. You said it's a new era. You've understood that fans are not watching anymore, and you need to fix everything. So push Finn, push Seth, all these NXT guys that you either haven't called up or you have wasted, and let the next generation have a shot. And even if that that doesn't mean, you know, giving Baron Corbin 30 minutes a night, even though I'm probably the only person who likes Baron Corbin at this point. doesn't mean giving him 30 minutes a night. Just give someone who can wrestle and someone who can talk a chance.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I think I'll end, I'll end this award show on my favorite Baron Corbin moment of the year. <laughs>
0: Just to piss
1: off everybody. <laughs> it was when he bought Finn Balor a toy house because Finn Balor was small, like a little house to play in. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then Finn Balor acted like he really liked it and he was like, oh, thanks so much. This is awesome. And Byron Corbin's face was just oh you were meant
2: to. <laughs> I love that. See Baron Corbin's awesome. Get off Pete,
0: get off his
1: back. But his, uh, uh, his promos uh, bored the shit out of me. But that was that was hilarious. <laughs> I love that. Uh, uh, so I thought we'd end on a on a note nobody was expecting. <laughs> My favorite promo for sure. We
2: uh, we we had a WWE awards show and we ended with Baron Corbin. <laughs>
1: So uh, thank you for Byrne for rushing home from his work and uh, yeah, jumping on and doing his best. Uh, and thank you for me for not dying over that one hour. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Thanks
0: me. Thanks me. Uh,
1: I am back next week with Sir Sam where we'll be doing a preview for Vessel Kingdom. Uh, I'm recording it this Sunday so if anything happens after then it won't be included because again my show is on January 3rd. If I'm airing now, like if, I'm, if I'm on now, this time next week, the show starts at 6am. <laughs> There's no much point. So I'm going to upload it as early as I can on January 3rd and record it days before. Uh, yeah, so that's when I'm back next week. And please do check out the other shows on Laws of Pain Radio. You've got Mav, Plan and Mazda, maybe Plan, he's got his own thing now, uh, on the right side of the pond. Uh, Saturday is normally WWF Legacy, uh, but we're getting odd specials there on hiatus. Yeah, Sunday's is Steve's all about the game whenever he can. He's obviously, he's, if, you know, if you know, if you've ever listened to him, he's extremely busy right now. Monday's is now Kingdom of Honour with uh, Jeanne and his friend Jeff talking about Ring of Honour and New Japan. Again, Wrestle Kingdom's coming up. They're going to be two very excited chaps. Uh, Tuesday's is the Global Revolution. And live after SmackDown will be Rich and uh, Rich, oh, Rich, and Latter. That's his first and surname. Rich and James with the One Nation Radio live after SmackDown. And then Wednesdays is Plan with Sports Entertainment is Dead, a.k.a. Get Plan Seed all up in you. That will be on Wednesdays. <laughs> so he is, I don't know if you're doing another special with somebody. Uh, this week, Plan had Doc on uh, talking about something. I'm so tired. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> again, thank you for Byrne for coming on to the show. And thank you to Baron Corbin. What a fantastic year that was. Who'd
2: have thought that's how you're ending the year?
1: <laughs> I, I felt like it was the perfect note. That's <laughs> what it was before. <laughs> uh, and that's goodbye from me, and that's goodbye from Ben. Yep, we'll see you later. ta I have to end on an English note as well. <laughs>
0: ta Wow. Ta-ra, chaps. <laughs> <sighs>